Hey, welcome to episode 120 of the Collector's Quest podcast. In this episode, we are talking about the state of game collecting. And that means heritage auctions, that means comic book people, that means variants that are worth a whole lot of money now, like first prints, black box games. We got a comic site, Go Collect, that just bought Nintendo Age, and an incredibly important collecting news. I mean, there's a new I Am 8-Bit cart. Guys, this episode is so long. We didn't even get to half the things I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about maybe the decline of set collecting and the concept that rarity is not always equal to value. I want to talk about that arcade games and Famicom games are the real first prints. But if you were looking for two and a half-ish hours of background noise, here you go. Also, Johnny's back which means I have to say go to iTunes and give us a review and share the show with your friends. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Hit that bell button. Okay, let me go find some music. And here it is. Welcome back to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler, here with Stefan. Returning to us is Johnny. How are you doing, guys? Good. Uh, hey, guys, I have a little bit of news. Um, as you guys know, I've been gone for a little while. I've been negotiating a deal about the podcast. We are officially sold. This is now GoCollectorsQuest.com. Uh, I'll be stepping down. There's a, there's a new guy he'll be coming in and hosting... And uh, you guys answer to him now. Uh, good luck. Uh, we'll bring him in after the break. Oh what my God. We have a website? <laughs> <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> no. Uh, wh- what are we talking about now that I've just made a very obvious reference to something? Uh, Stefan, you want to tell people what we're doing here today? Sure. Well, we're going to take a broader look at sort of how the uh, hobby has been uh, changing in the last, oh, God, few months. But, That's been uh, on this trajectory over a year, but... Yeah, um, but uh, so originally when we were planning this podcast, we were really going to talk about more of the, you know, how the hobby has changed uh, via heritage auctions and water games, really. Let's talk about it. But uh, but then uh, over the last couple of days, uh, some big news, uh, Nintendo Age was sold to GoCollect.com, and there is some uproarious, outlandish, just funny feedback around that. And uh, so we we wanted to to cover that as well. Yeah. So th- again, this was a st- we like to check in every year and do a state of the hobby episode. A lot of times I bring in market prices for that, but right now the flux is so crazy. I just kind of let's talk in broad tones. We'll lock down solid numbers later. But uh, yeah, I just kind of want to go over how you guys feel about everything that's going on. If you have any hot takes. How you guys feel about the Nintendo Age thing? I'll weigh in. Do you have a hot take, Johnny? I think you might have some hot takes for us. I don't know if I do. Like, how do you have a take when you're mad at literally everybody? Uh, Is that a take? Johnny's opinion is not the opinion of the podcast. So, Johnny, when you're saying you're mean and spiteful and hateful things, just remember to put it in your perspective, not the perspective of the podcast. Okay, it is, however, so, the perspective of GoCollect.com, who now owns the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, These are yeah, independent no, opinions? I, I mean, I, I hate to be like this, Tyler, but 
my opinion kind of can be the official po- podcast opinion. It can be. I heard you, you know, sold the podcast. So I did yeah, to gocollect.com. So, and they've, <laughs> yeah. they've assigned me as their official mouthpiece. Subsidiary of I am 8-bit. Yeah. So I'm now Johnny underscore gocollect.com. Uh, that's where you can find me on most social media now. Um, <laughs> you'll see me changing my Instagram name to Johnny underscore go. So is Go Collect what we're talking about, Johnny? Because I just got to no. say, in, in a year, like a year ago, Wada announced their existence as a company. And since then, the looming specter of the comic book people has been there. And like literally less than a year. What is it? Has Wada been around for a year? Maybe less than a year later? Like one of the big comic book guys buys Nintendo Age. There's a lot going on, so let's. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like this is niche enough that we should probably do a better job at describing what actually just happened for the the listeners that don't understand what we're talking. A lot about. of people hate Nintendo Age, Stefan. What happened? So, <laughs> well, hold on. Before before we go down that rabbit hole, let's talk about the overall state of the hobby. Let's let's reel that back in before we go into that. So, guys, comic people have come in. The hobby has suddenly changed. What changes, Tyler, have you seen in the hobby over the past, you know, year to six months? Uh, Johnny, there's this auction house that I think we've mentioned once or twice on uh, on the show before called Heritage Auctions. And all my real life comic book people, they buy their fancy books from there. And WADA is like, hey, we're going to sell WADA games on Heritage Auctions. And... You go to one of these auctions and literally you can sit down on a Sunday and watch $15 million in comic books sell, like, in front of your eyes. Uh, Not that, maybe a couple million, but still, like, ridiculous numbers. And then all these friggin' video games get put on there. And you look at, like, Avengers number one is worth, like, $5,000 in average condition or something. And you look at, you know, the most important video games ever made, Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 3... Complete in box, uh, something that an average person would buy, those are like $50. Like, that's not even the buyer's premium on the cheapest thing you can buy on Heritage Auctions. Uh, so, when these speculator comic book investor types look at video games, they're like, oh my god, you know, video games are more important than comics. You know, how many boxes are out there kind of thing. It looks like a prime investment, and there's a lot of speculators coming into the market. And, you know, there could just be comic book people that are like, oh, video games as a collectible. That's great. Let me buy every video game that's posted on Heritage Auctions. Yeah, Yeah. because the thing is that you have this crowd of people who have been running in mature, very, very mature hobbies. Comic books, sports cards, coins. Uh, with just these insanely deep pockets, because we've mentioned it before. Like, if you think that video games are expensive, you just go on any given day, look at what those other mature hobbies are are trading for, and they they nothing nothing is expensive to them by comparison. And so you have these people coming in, uh, who literally some of them had no awareness of video games as a hobby or as you know as a uh, mature maturing culture and they're coming in with all of this money going like hey i want to get in on this at the i mean at what to them it seems like the ground floor even though we've been doing it a while on their time scale it's not it's been no time at all so you have these guys coming in with all of this money wanting to get in on the ground floor and and 
spiking these <laughs> spiking these titles by like thousands of dollars because they don't care because they're willing to take the time to allow these things to mature and but you have it's it's just crazy because like yes we've always had people in the hobby that want to make money duh right like make your money but but these people and and it's I'm speaking, of course, in broad strokes, because I'm sure some of them also have like their nostalgic ties to their childhood, too. But these people, there's there's people who only have a monetary have a monetary goal in mind, like the only driver here for them is is money without any sort of like love for the actual hobby. And and they are very quickly and very severely changing the landscape uh at, at a certain level and it's it's terrifying yeah so so what i'm witnessing is you know specific to pretty much nintendo games and more specifically to black box games and when i say nintendo games i mean the original nes not like n64 stuff i'm sure one day there will be a market like that for those maybe uh not nearly at that level but you know th- that's been the main focus we've seen these wild peaks but if if you guys have ever listened to me, and I know at least two of you talking to me right now have, I've said, <laughs> yeah, I think video games are a little underpriced, actually. I think some of the best stuff, one day someone's going to walk in here and they're going to see it as an opportunity to make money. And collectors are going to shit their pants when they see what real collectors do. If anyone from a, a big hobby ever comes in here and decides to make it a thing, we won't know what to do. Well... Hey, I put on my Swami hat, and thus I told you the future, and the future is here. <laughs> Every, everybody get on the brown pants. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think, it, Johnny, and, and stop me if I'm wrong, but I, even like when we had been talking about that future coming, I don't think any of us, and when I say any of us, I mean the three of us, saw it happening so quickly. No, and, and I don't know if we're even in the full swing yet that's the thing i think we are just experiencing the the first wave of this we're in a weird peak right now i don't know if it's going to level off that's what i'm saying the landscape is completely shifted and continuing to shift i don't know if this is just like all the people are coming or if this is going to trigger more people in and this is all going to flatline or people are going to find they aren't making the money they thought they were going to make i'm curious to see how the next year goes uh, because that's right. going to tell us a lot. It's uh, difficult but, to see out from the eye of the storm, right? Like, right. like so much is going on right now. Well, I'm and, curious if we're in the eye of the storm or we're just getting hit by the front of it. You know, yeah. like, are we feeling just the first, uh, you know, winds from the actual hurricane because we can see in the distance? Or are we in the middle? I, I don't know. And we won't know for a little while. And I know a lot of people are shocked and like, there's a lot of people who are angry about this, that games could be worth this much money. And, you know, I've, I've had a bunch of people reach out to me telling me their vast takes on this. And I think I, I've heard the spectrum for this is great. Everyone's going to make so much money to this is terrible. This is the apocalypse of gaming. All these people with these uh, big wallets are going to lose their asses and they don't know it. And then the hobby's going to die. That's what everyone that's like the range of opinions I've heard. So you can see within that spectrum, there's a lot of room to to hit a middle ground. I don't know which way we're falling. I don't know if that is going to happen. 
what do you guys think? Do you think we're moving towards uh, all these big guys spending all this money are going to be really sorry in two years? Or, or are we just in the beginning of a money boon? I mean, I do think the apocalyptic effect that some people are predicting is way overblown. I think that this is really just affecting a certain sliver of the pie, right? Like, like do, do I think all of this crazy shit on Heritage is going to do much to affect the value of my cart-only NES collection? No, I don't. Um, so, so I, I, you know, the, a lot of this to me is really going to, yes, it's driving the prices up on sealed games, right? But if you're not a sealed collector or like, or, you know, aside from sealed games and like, and like black box or like the very early releases, uh, CIB, then there, there's just not, as far as like how much of the market is being affected it's not a lot of the market. It's just the pers- it's it's just the effect that it's having on that small percentage is is astronomical. Yeah, this is basically these people are the stadium events to us being just a a basic Mario. You know, there's a lot of money in one section, but you know that's a very high peak, and I think most people are never going to know like. Here's the thing. Most collectors are casual collectors. They don't know anything about this podcast. They don't know anything about Nintendo Age. They aren't on forums. Maybe they're on Instagram and they seem some they've seen games they like or maybe they follow a few streamers that play games and they casually collect some stuff or they just bought a few games cuz they like like there's so much the base people forget this because they get, they get wrapped up as we're collectors and they know stuff like and there's like this pyramid of collectors, right? But that's just the tip of the iceberg. The whole big wide base is made up by the casuals who don't know, don't care, and will never be affected by this. The only time they're going to be affected if they're like, oh, I think I would might maybe like a sealed Mario. And then they look and they're like, why the F is it? It's so expensive. That's dumb. And then they'll just move on. Yeah. Maybe they'll maybe they'll make one post about it and be annoyed, but it's not affecting that much. Tyler, do you have any different take on that? I mean, on that, you could say the same thing about Magic, because the average Magic player is like kitchen table, maybe goes to Friday Night Magic, but the prices of cards are basically determined by people using them for serious tournament play. They're like, this is a serious tournament card, this card is going to be $40. And even above those kitchen table, like, kind of serious tournament players, the super collectors who are going after Alpha Beta Unlimited stuff... You know, they're determining a price of an entirely different market, and some of that might trickle down to what the regular Magic people are. That, that's true that, uh, like in Magic, a lot of the, you know, they call them spikes or tournament players determine the price. But, like, there are certain cards that are just beloved by the casual, and they have no place anywhere but casual play, so they're a little expensive. But, like the like you were saying, uh, the Alpha, Beta, so basically the earliest Magic, the NES version of Magic, is not... Like, that shit's all super expensive, but most people just look at that and go, that's nice, and they can still enjoy the hobby without ever having to really look at those. People who collect comic books, for instance, like, as crazy as, like, regardless of how crazy Golden Age keys get, forever and ever and ever, if, you know, Action Comics number one, at some point, is trading for billions of dollars or whatever, that's only going to have so much effect on on the hobby at large, like, you know, 
there's going to be there's still going to be so many comic books and so much stuff for people who still want to be in the hobby for a, at a casual basis or just not at this crazy echelon regardless of how bonkers those people get with each other right that is such an insulated market uh compared to to everyone else and and i think it's the same thing i think people who in games we've always like as 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 people who don't collect sealed games i think we've always looked at the sealed collectors and gone okay those guys are a little bit crazy it's just now that the delta is just so much larger right yeah but they're still crazy yeah for sure <laughs> but that hasn't so changed going we to love your- eric but he's bonkers so you're saying that like those golden age people are just crazy, you know, rich people. Nick Cage is buying an action comics number one or something. But uh, I guys, I've been I watched a lot of comics content now. I think there's a lot of parallels. It's obviously not exactly the same thing. I'm like all day at work. I'm listening to comics podcasts. Do you want to do an episode on co- on comic books? And, you know, maybe we'll be as good as the wrestling episode. <laughs> God. So, yeah, action one, detective comics, number 27, Batman's first appearance. Yeah, that stuff is pretty much out of reach for the average person. But a lot of people around, uh, like, where my level in video game collecting would be, where I have a pretty damn good mix of stuff. I got a lot of carts. I got a lot of complete stuff. I don't really have any sealed stuff. But they're they're kind of reaching for, like, Amazing Fantasy 15, the first appearance of Spider-Man, which is, like, a $10,000 book. But basically, the way they collect is that they go for these key issues. They'll either hunt in the wild or they'll invest in things that they think will increase in value, and they'll either flip or trade them because they're trying to get to, essentially, the third most expensive comic book of all time. So that, like, old DC stuff from, like, the 30s, that's basically Nintendo World Championships. Most people will just write that off forever. But, you know, like, the little Samson is still something that people will stretch for, and I kind of see the same thing happening in video games. I don't really think that all this craziness is just going to be kept to a bunch of high level rich people. I think that it, you know, essentially there will be a trickle down of people trying to reach up towards the higher end stuff. I I can see that. But do you think that that is going to reach beyond Nintendo? Like, uh, like original Nintendo. Do you suddenly, like, I can see some of the, like we're saying keys and God, I, I hate the idea of Nintendo games moving to keys, but that's probably going to start swinging that way. But if you went into like Super Nintendo or N64, it's probably not reaching that level. Like these, like there's a lot of false rarity created in comic book collecting. You're going to talk about cards a little bit too with um, the reseller variants. Like, oh, if you buy 200 of this one, you get this one special book. You know, those are kind of collectible. That's like the limited run stuff. But like, that's not really collectible. Like there's, there's that kind of stuff. And like all the new Supermans and Batmans, those aren't really collectible and stuff unless something zany happens in one of them or like a new prime character is created. Most of that stuff, like new stuff is still going to be garbage. And most of the stuff from the nineties is never going to take off. You know, it's just going to be settled that, uh, you know, some of it's expensive, but most of it is just what it is. Johnny go collect says that immortal Hulk number one in a 9.8 is worth $120. That comic came out last year. Not, I'm just screwing around. Comics is crazy. I don't know what is up with those. Well, it's, uh, I could tell you, <laughs> I could tell you that uh, you know, Bloodstained Special Edition, which was released yesterday or whatever, like a week ago, on limited run games, is now going for about 150 dollars. What do you think of that? Well, the cover price of that wasn't four dollars. 
that's true. It was 70. But uh, you understand what I mean. Like, there are things that come out, like special editions that come out now and suddenly are like $300 because they're limited. But it's not like, well, and I will think, that stand the test of time? I also think as far as you're talking about trickle down, like, I don't. So I think sealed CIB loose are lanes, right? And so you may see trickle down within the same lane, especially from like CIB to loose. I just, I don't see, I mean, Tyler, do you ever see like, a, 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 just cause it's an easy reference, the $100,000 Mario sale or, you know, games trading for that actually trickling down and affecting a loose copy of Mario brothers. Like, I mean, I just, no, because like you said, there's like, there's so many different levels of video game collecting. That's what kind of makes it unique. But I mean, right. you, complete in box especially circle seal marios and left bros uh super mario brothers threes they're they're crazy now uh, when we did but the episode is, on is mario we count i counted on ebay and it was like one in ten marios is a left bros mario no you, it, you was, it was one less than that. less than it was miles. less than that it was le- it was like one in 20 okay one in 20 yeah Fine. i mean and uh, that's, that's like, like 10 times, times rarer, rarer than, than the one where the it one just, just looks, looks normal, normal and the bros is on the right side. So 10 so times 10 rarer times sounds cool, cool, but when the game, when the game sold, sold millions of copies, copies it's really not that rare, rare in the grand scheme of things. things. Yep. I'm, all, but all I'm saying, the, we said that was, when did we record that podcast? One year ago? And we're like, the price is the same. No one cares. No, no. I think we said you should buy the left bros one because one day people will care. I mean, maybe yeah. you said that. I might have said you should buy the Left Bros one because it's cooler, but... I guess my point is is that this the sealed lane, to use my own terminology, is so insulated from the rest of the hobby that all this doomsaying of people like, oh, I'm going to get priced out of my fucking hobby. That's not going to happen unless you're unless you are another sealed collector talking about that, right? Um, I, j- I, don't, I don't see a world in which, like, crazy astronomical sealed prices really do a lot to the other lanes within the hobby. I just, I I don't see it. I think, uh, especially for NES, like super, super nice stuff is going to get gobbled up and sent to be graded. That's going to happen even for the complete and box stuff. Uh, I agree. Sealed is kind of its own thing. And then the other thing is that um, I see it all the time now because I wake up to it. My saved searches every morning, Uh, all the first print stuff, uh, there's going to be a feeding frenzy around it. And uh, that, I don't know if that's going to affect the price of like the Legend of Zelda. Like if people, uh, people have to catch on eventually. Like when they're looking at game value now and they're like, "Oh, that copy of Zelda sold for eight hundred dollars, and all the other ones are going for a hundred. What happened there? Are they just going to think it's a fluke sale, or like the more casual people going to start figuring out like, oh, the first print ones are now worth a ton more money when they used to be worth basically the same because nobody cared." Well, we uh, on that note, we told you guys get rid of those oval seals and make sure you get big, <laughs> big circle seals and non reve copies if you can. Look for that hang tab on the back. That's what you want. That's the good stuff. We also told you to color in your black boxes with marker. So keep doing <laughs> we are, that. We are good at black box collecting. <laughs> here. We are so good at this. We are so good at this. In fact, I got rid of all my oval seal games, which was only Hogan's <laughs> Alley. It's the only one I had in an ugly seal. Like I don't know, what was that? Like three months ago or something? I did that. So, anyways, um, yeah, collecting. I wish I could give a better state of the hobby right now. Like, hey, everything's going fine. I just think it's funny we went from, hey guys, everything. Uh, everyone is telling me that we're in a bubble, and now. We have people spending so much money on Mario that I can't believe my eyes. 
but also like while that's happening, the hobby is still in like a general state of decline. Like as in the price trend is moving down from the astronomical spike it was at, it's still, you know, kind of moving on certain titles in a downward fashion. But I think overall, if you look at the general cost of the hobby has not gone down very much, even if you exclude uh, original NES, if at all, I think it may have even gone up on a few systems. So we're, we're in a weird place right now. Well, and it's also like, we see it all the time. And when I say we, again, is I'm just t- t- talking about the three of us. And so like when we are looking at all this crazy shit happening and it seems like everywhere we look, this is going on. It's only because like we sit in the middle of, of, of these people. Like we, even though we aren't necessarily like sealed collectors, we do have a lot of people we associate with who are. So like, and, and, and a lot of people do come to us with these little, you know, tidbits of news as they happen and want our opinion on them. So I think we are just we are overexposed to it and so i think it looks a lot more crazy than it actually is whereas someone who doesn't who isn't in the hobby in the yeah, same sort of yeah if you're just buying of, your like loose n64 set you're like oh everything's normal to me on the right, ebay not an, not on your radar at all you know uh, so like, that's a great point there's a very small number of people who are actually winning heritage auctions and we know that because uh, Stefan, you've talked to a person who has like maybe six Super Mario Brothers threes from Heritage alone. Yeah, they're the one who bought the two thousand dollars sticker seal Mario that looked like it was dropped off a building into a puddle. Uh, they <laughs> bought the thousand thousand dollar complete in box, not for resale Halo. I have three of them. I made a joke video about how one sold sealed for nine thousand dollars, and that made no sense. And then one sold complete for a thousand dollars. There's invest. He also uh, he bought the five thousand dollar complete in box Mario three. So something like that. So five thousand dollars for complete in box Super Mario three is it absolutely bananas. That makes no sense in anything. But but if you are extremely bullish on the video game market, in thirty years that could that could pay off, right? Right. And it's not and, and I'm not going to sit here and, and badmouth people like that, because, you know, I, again, I have a few of these these new people I have talked to at length and they're they're fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with them. Like, it's just that it's it's just a tactic in this hobby that we've never seen before. And that's what makes it scary. Yeah, I'm only I'm only talking about it because the guy like he clearly knows that people think he's crazy and he kind of loves it. It seems like right. he's like, dude, yeah. I'm going to show you guys. Believe me, I'm going to yeah. show you. <laughs> Yeah, one of his posts, he was like the the one where he bought like a sealed Hagane and all this stuff from Eric. Um, he's like, I am I am trying to break the internet with this post. Like he's he, yeah. he, part of the sensationalism is the is is the hobby for him, right? Like that that factors into his enjoyment of the hobby. Man, if you wanted to break Nintendo Age, you should have just bought Nintendo Age. <laughs> Johnny's trying to get us off the topic. I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. No, keep going. I'm just making a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. Shout out to uh, Eric, Excite Bike Comics well, and Games. You should buy nice games from him because he's good people. Apparently, he just has like sealed Chrono Trigger, sticker sealed Hogan's Alley, uh, uh, Hagane, and Super Mario RPG just sitting around. They're all over the place. You can find them every day. Don't worry about it. They're all over the internet. Yeah, and I just wanted to radi- reiterate. You know, we're not sitting here saying that these these people are fucking coming in the night and stealing your children. Like they're they're, they're fine. It's just that. It, again, it's just it's just a a style of collecting and acquisition that is completely new and scary, and uh, 
and uh, and so like uh, then the reason honestly to fall on the sword a little bit the reason that I talk about them like that is because on a on a in a much smaller uh, scale like I felt attacked by the by the hobby when I first started coming in because I was using another collection my my toy and, and comic collection as a piggy bank to fund my my uh my video game collection and i was attacked for that so i don't want to sit here and attack these people because like they're coming in with new money and throwing down on games because to a lesser extent that's what i did and i did feel very isolated and that's why and we'll talk about it a little bit later that's that's the big reason why i left nintendo age is because i i did feel that way from that community so i just i just don't want to sit here and be like oh these people with new money are the scum of the earth because they're not they're just they're just oh no the nouveau riche are total scum and we should not listen to them at all. They have no merit. <laughs> Quote Darth Vader. Yeah. Uh, you guys will hear more about... Well, I don't even want to talk about this guy. If you want to read <laughs> some blatant idiocy, then just go to the Nintendo Age post and about the sale of Nintendo Age and just read through the comics, uh, the comments. There are people in there posting crazy and dumb things, both crazily correct and crazily incorrect. There's like... A very narrow band, like a, a very small throughput of reason that's happening. I, I hope it continues, but uh, we'll get there in a second. So it's just a weird fucking place right now. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail the conversation. I just wanted to make that distinction as to how I feel about these people that are changing the, the landscape right now. I, I don't have any, I don't harbor any, as crazy as this is, I don't harbor any ill, Ill will toward them. Okay, so I want to give just a, a quick update on some pricing, because I was just investigating very generally. If you wanted to be doing well in collecting, and you weren't talking about Circle Seal Nintendo games, and you thought that the hobby was taking a dump, you were correct if you were collecting Sega Saturn, because for some reason, the price fell out on Saturn a little bit. So it took a dive from 2016. Is that because I stopped buying them? <laughs> yeah, probably. probably. But... But if you're buying Sega CD, which I believe we told you in the last year's update of the hobby, you're still doing fine. It is still going up. Sega CD, still climbing. But you want to know where the real success is? Do you guys want to guess? Where's the Odyssey real success? Two. No, I don't even know how to find that on any of the price charts, because gross. <laughs> Wait, what? How are you seeing that Sega Saturn fell in the past two years? It Because if you look at the price chart, it... Oh, you're looking at price charting. See, I'm looking at game value now, and it went up in the past two years. Yeah, no, from 2016. Well, it's a little. It's about where it was in 16, but there was a big spike in 17, and it has cooled way off since. Oh, guess what? Game value now is missing like that big chunk of data in the middle, right? Uh, <laughs> yep. There's that. Yeah, that actually probably does. That that was large enough that it probably does legitimately affect things. Yeah. yeah okay. So, anyways, uh, yeah, Saturn prices took it, but it's still higher than it was in 2014. So, on average, but. Like, more than double of what it was in 2014. So, do you guys, do you have a guess of where the success was to be found in Nintendo consoles? Or in Nintendo, I should say. No one? No one's got a guess? Nintendo games. Uh, no, NES. I, said not, I, <laughs> I have said no idea. Not, what? Oh my god, why are you guys so bad at this? It's not Game Boy. It I is gonna, Game Boy. I was gonna guess Game Boy! Oh, you suck! <laughs> Game Boy! Virtual Boy, Game Boy Color, all <laughs> that shit boy. is through the roof. It has not had a dip. The bubble does not exist for them. Everyone says all games are on a decline. 
Go look at Game Boy. Oh my, we should all be collecting boxed Game Boy games. We've been doing it wrong, guys. You see, I don't know. Me and Johnny disagree on data, but it's also because we're looking at different websites. On Game Value now, basically, Game Boy has been on a slight uptick since the beginning of 2017. And it's it, it went from like the lower 70s average complete in box to the mid 70s average complete in box. Yeah, just it, the point is there's no decline. Everyone yeah, says there's, there's no, like there's this. no bubble, guys. Freaking spoilers. <laughs> if you need any more proof that the hobby is young, we got our second grading service last year. And now we have a bunch of new people coming in. It's not like people are dying off this hobby. Do you know what's really popular? Video games. You know what seems like they'll probably be popular forever? Unlike maybe like Magic the Gathering, which could actually die, but video games will never die. So the hobby's going to be around. I don't know if we can say never died. Never is a long time. But it looks, the general health looks fine. And the point being, if you see a dip, if you bought in in 2017 and saw a dip suddenly, you know, or or bought in in 16, saw a rise and then saw a drastic dip, and then 18, 2018, 2019 just looked like a little bit of increase or a flat line, you're okay. Just give it time. You need a, a larger spectrum of time to look at. So if you go back and you look at like 10-year data, everything is up wildly in 10-year data. That's like what a real trend line looks like. Look at at least 10 years. Look at five years. All wildly up. Everything got better except for like, you know, like PS2 or something that was new where everything was like 50 or $60 and then suddenly, you know, went into the used market. But like on old stuff, all up, guys. So just... We don't know what's going on. There has not been enough time and not enough shakeups. We talked about what would the next big influx be? When would real collectors step in? Well, we're kind of seeing some of that now. So, you know, hold on to your hats uh, and let's see what happens. We'll all enjoy the ride together. Yeah, the the one the one talking about time periods. I think that the one sort of event that temple event that I am waiting for, and then like wanting to look at ten years, fifteen years out from that event horizon is when we collectively as an industry go all digital and then go 10 15 years out from that how you know kids who literally don't know what a nintendo cartridge is like when you have a generation of those people what the hobby looks like then that yeah. that that's what i'm interested in yeah i'm i'm curious i was hoping we would already be in the all digital platform age by now but here we are People want to be able to sell their stuff to GameStop. And I guess GameStop is also a thing that is probably going to go away in the next year or two. So that's cool. That'll be different. Yeah, because eventually you'll have you'll have generations of people who, you know, those, you know, those memes where they show an eight track tape and go, you know, you're old if you know what this is, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll have, have that. A, you'll have that for D, for DVDs, you know. Yeah, you'll have kids react to DVD players. <laughs> yeah, 100 percent. That, uh, yeah. that will absolutely happen. Yeah. And so, by the way, those videos are cancer. Don't watch them. So this, Stop it. I don't watch clickbait out of principle. This hobby for physical medium, when like the the up and coming generation who has you know no marriage has free money, you know the the prime time for you to collect something. You know what this particular hobby looks like when you don't have a lot of onboarding from that generation uh, will be interesting. I mean, we're we're all here because we're humans and we like to accumulate things. And I don't think that urge is going to go away from people. It's just a matter of whether they will play digital video games and go back to physical video games or we're going to enter that crazy era of like, okay, I'm going to buy 
every iPod complete in box that's ever been released, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, what I, th- here's a couple of things I think are interesting. One, I, the kids now who like going to be, well, would, when they get to what our age was, when we started collecting, they may have less disposable income than we did or like less prospects because they may never own a house. I don't know what that's going to look like because of the way, like, because there's a general trending towards non-permanency and not, and having no ability to buy something yep. like physical or keep it. So I wonder if they're going to care at all. You know, when everything is a digital stream or anything, we've all, we're just moving to subscriptions and that's what they want. Because if you just have subscriptions and stuff and you can't own a house, then you don't have anything that's has any liquidity. You own nothing. And all your stuff just got to take all of your money, but you could never take anything back from it. So I think that's like an interesting area we may be moving into. And like, will people care about this kind of stuff at all? I'm, I'm curious to see that. Like what, what that looks like. This is a note uh, for us to revisit this topic on Collector's Quest episode 5000. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. When my, when my son is 20 and your daughter is like 22 uh, and she can't afford to go to college, even though you've made good money, that'll be interesting. Well, let's talk about what that looks like. We'll have them both on. Yeah. They'll be like, oh yeah, everything is awful, dad. Have you you seen outside? It's a hellscape. And you know, our, our podcast is inside the, the bunker. Yeah. Yeah. We won't stop talking about finding those last TurboGrafx boxes. Dad, we need food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, it'll be the weight loss program I deserve and need. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Guys, do we want to move on to no. the Nintendo Johnny, Age stuff? I have one more thing. And by one more oh, thing, I mean, obviously. I have other thoughts. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, uh, so first print stuff. I think right now, uh, I mean, people have been after this, like, you know, K-thrower, OG people have been, like, super documenting things. Uh, right now, I think it's kind of becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy that people are both speculating on first print games and so for they're buying more and then the price is going up and they're like, oh, I'm right. First print is going to be a thing. One of the most, the craziest thing I saw was, uh, so a Donkey Kong 3 sealed hang tab just sold on uh, Heritage. $29,000. It was the most expensive video game that Heritage ever sold. Uh, while that bidding was happening, a 7.5 complete in box VGA copy sold uh, by Eric Excite by Games for $800. A complete in box copy of Donkey Kong 3. Not an important game, not even in good condition for $800. And I think the sale right before that was like $150 for an, a sticker sealed one. And the sale after that was like $150. But they were so caught up in this crazy hype that they bought this this ridiculously priced game. And I'm still not convinced that people are going to care about first print games like first print comics. Because, yeah, for this early NES stuff, like there's a clear indicator and everyone loves it. But you get into basically any other generation. It's like, yeah, I want not player's choice. Am I, am I wrong? Do you think that first print is really going to be a thing in video games? I think to some degree there there have been a lot more eBay auctions listing first print. I've seen a uptick in in, uh, in Super Nintendo first prints coming. Um, there's ways to tell these, you know, if you look on the little tab and it's got like a minus one on it next to the thing. That's a 
good way to see that you've got a revision and not a first print. If you've got a black and white manual, that means you don't have a first print. Um, so I've seen that starting to separate. I mean, the color manuals versus black and white manuals, there was always a little divide, but that divide is is growing. There's a much wider gap now. Well, in uh, so, in Super uh, Nintendo, it gets crazy in the, the mid-90s because then the first print games, so they were manufactured in Japan and Mexico, but in the mid-90s, they started be having first prints manufactured in Mexico, but I think the Japanese games are still more desirable. Yeah, they are, because the Mexico care. ones, well, the Mexico ones have worse print quality. Yep. Yeah, especially on the labels. Like they, yeah, the labels just look a lot worse, and the boxes look a little worse. But what if it's the first print, Johnny? Do you want the better I, one, or do you want the first one? I want the first one. Well, I, and I think things <laughs> things that were things that were only printed in Mexico, um, you know, or first prints were printed in Mexico. Those still command uh, a value. I mean, look at the zombies ate my neighbor's box. You know that that was well, that's a that's, that's a that's weird Mexico. unique that's thing. Spe- no one's buying that because it's speculation. A first print. Shut up. All we're talking about is speculation. Leave me alone. Fair. <laughs> I'm not leaving you alone, though. That's fine. I don't know why you would think that would even happen. All right. Uh, Tyler, what else you got? So, uh, Nintendo World Championships, uh, I personally thought this was going to go for over $30,000. Uh, maybe 40000 I said. It's a 5.5. It's got a re-glued top label. And it went for $26,400. $26, uh, well, which that's is downright affordable. Al- it is alongside, too high. Sorry, j- just alongside the Donkey Kong Three that you were just talking about. Yes, at the exact Dude. same time. I mean, Donkey Kong Three. There's that's for like crazy sealed black box people. Like that's that's the real crazy people stuff. Those are like people going for sealed hang tab sets, sealed black box sets, sealed NES sets. Like whatever that stuff can go for infinite money. That doesn't affect anybody. Uh, but this is the first bit of sanity that I've really seen on Heritage Auctions. Because, yes, it's it's still kind of too high for the kind of shitty condition it's in. Uh, but the seller only got like $20,000 out of this, which is like NWC price. But here, here's the thing. Restor- so we're talking about a, a hobby that is especially at the, the entry point at, of Heritage. You have an influx of people who came from comics. And the reason why that's important for this particular example is that comic people absolutely abhor restoration. So at the point that you say, I have glued down the top label, that is cancerous to all the people who would spend that kind of money. That's true. But I mean, this, the, the, I can't stop looking because the game right below that is the stadium events that has the face cut out. And it's like, that is like a record. It's not a record for a cart, probably, but it's over $10,000 for a screwed up stadium events. Right. But I don't have to tell you that had they had they repaired that label, that that value would have been in the toilet. Oh, well, yeah, certainly. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I just thought I should mention that. Um, so I if if this Nintendo World Championships went for crazy money, then I would be ringing the bells and I would think the apocalypse is here because that means well, that they're ready to buy anything. And it's clear that they're not. I think there's still a bell to possibly be wrong when we have one that's not restored put up there. And that is not, by the way, me saying I'm going to put my copy. I know. I know. I, I, <laughs> I think... We, I would say that we were all wrong. I think we all thought that this was going to do nutty numbers. Uh, you know, you could say in retrospect, yes, it has a regrewed label. Also, uh, another NWC just sold for $42,000. That's super nice. Probably one of the highest NWCs that's ever been sold. But I, 
I think that would be the highest because I think 32 was the the or or whatever the one that sold right before mine uh, was it 23 23 was the previous and then yeah and that one was also a little fucked up that one had a, a peeling label yep. uh, Dream TR has said he has insider knowledge of a 100k sale I don't know about that one though I don't yeah okay Pixar didn't happen well he's yeah, he's, he's too of. important for that come on <laughs> well right. when he finally pulls his Nintendo tapes out of the uh, kitchen cupboards then we'll <laughs> then we'll know that's if you haven't seen his collection he like a lot his stuff is all over the place the guy has an amazing lot of games and pinball collection but it, i just find it funny like i i take him less seriously when i see how his games are stored and that's you know that's a that's a fault on me probably not on him i think we both have work we could do there uh like he could pull his games out of his kitchen cabinet and i could respect his opinion a little more well, I think also that kind of just at it because we are so culturally exposed to the, the idea of hoarding, specifically through the television show Hoarders. I, I think uh, ha- uh, habits like that, like cramming things wherever you want, inv- invoke something in the vast majority of people that that identify that as as hoarding over collecting. Well, I've got a pile of fingernails in some medicine bottles that says different. <laughs> Yeah, that is a collection of fingernails. Yeah, yeah I've been saving <laughs> them forever. Uh, I've also been buying teeth off the internet. I've got a whole mm-hmm. jar of those, uh, so that's cool. It's my new hobby. Was I that, don't know where we are. Why are we because, talking about this? Because you didn't know, because you didn't know you were going to have a son, you were going to build one? Yeah. <laughs> it was genetic sampling from all these people, those fools, <laughs> selling their code. How dare they give away their information? <laughs> Speaking was, were, of were, uh, random any of those piles teeth? of... Well, I was going to say any of those teeth from Dane. I'm just, you yep, know, two curious. of them. <laughs> he sold them though. So it's up to him. I cut all this out, Tyler. This is bad. This is terrible. <laughs> I was going to try to transition us by saying, speaking of piles of games, have you guys seen the Carolina collection? I'm sorry for bringing it back. Okay. So yeah, Let, let's not talk about the Carolina collection. Okay. Cutting this too. No, <laughs> I, was, I was kidding. So we, I, I think before we touch the Carolina collection, is what I really meant, is that um, we need to go into what's happening to, and how this was ever identified as the Carolina collection, which makes me sick to my stomach even saying that. Like, come on, man. It, like, th- this is not, you didn't just like buy a bunch of museum pieces and be like, oh, well, this is. They're video games, and they do somewhat belong in museums, but at the same time, when you buy some dude's collection out, like, I bought this lot of games back in, like, 2005 from a shady guy in an alley in Thousand Oaks, California. I don't call it the T.O. collection, okay? I just bought some guy's collection. The the Shady Alley collection? Yeah, the Shady Alley collection by Johnny (laughs) Aichi. It's not Uh, perfume. Like, let's... I just... I don't know why it evokes such a negative response in me but the idea that it's trying to give it weight where it doesn't necessarily it belong johnny it's called a pedigree oh is that what like oh yeah the pedigree of this oh cool it comes from a big collector i would respect that if you said this came from dane from nintendo age i bought out his collection this is what it is but call like trying to trying to gussy it up and call it the carolina collection 
I'm just not down with that. Are you not... suggesting that Go Collect might be trying to gussy up video games as something that's maybe more important and more valuable and not no, nah, just, just some video games? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And that's their business and more power to them for conducting business. The world is built on business here in America. We are okay with that. That's okay. So people can buy and sell things. It's, well, it's fine. And, it's... and people can market. That's also fine. It's certainly symptomatic, too, of just, again, like everything else right now that we've been talking about, how in how much of this, for lack of a better term, infection uh, is coming from the uh, the comic book scene, right? Because pedigree is a comic book thing. And, you know, and a lot of that carries over. A lot of this is going to carry over from from WADA, right? Dennis, I love you. But like a lot of their terminology and a lot of their methodologies come directly from the CGC. One of their founding members is came from the CGC. So, um, so yeah, I think this kind of stuff is, you know, terminology and and things that are being carried over from the comic book industry is 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 honestly um you know just symptomatic of of how in how how the infection vector right now is coming from comics and to be clear i don't necessarily think that's wrong and i don't think it's a problem to start setting up things like that however just suddenly i just felt like it suddenly thrust on me like we all just acknowledged that it was this thing and now people just call it the carol i was just like guys no i just too quick. It was too yeah. quick for me. Yeah, I, I, think- I put on my old man shoes and was like, you know, um, the orthopedic ones that are super soft and comfortable and have Velcro. Those ones, I went out and I yelled at kids to get off my lawn. That's what happened. And I think the same can be said about basically everything we've been talking about tonight, right? Like, all of this would have been much less scary had it not happened so freaking rapidly. Yeah, there, it's just this rapid thing. And then I understand why they do it, especially they're coming from this way. They're just speaking their own language and people will pick it up, especially if it is the thing driving the money. So it's, it's fine. I just feel a little distaste right now. We'll see how I feel about it next year. Let's take this year, revisit and see how I feel about calling something the Carolina collection. Also, what happens if you sell a game from it? Is it no longer the Carolina collection? Is it a piece of the Carolina collection? That, that has I, the I pedigree of being happens. from the Carolina collection. Well, if anybody is interested in the California collection, please reach out to me. I will have the California collection and we can negotiate some large obscene sum of money and you can take my things from me. I'm okay with that. So come to me for the California collection I've got a I've got a the tick on Sega Genesis from the California collection. Yeah, and you know what? I'll sign things too. Like we can get official certi- certificates, the California collection, uh the collector's quest collection, whatever you want. I I'll put my name on that. You got There's- money, I got time. To answer your question, though, Johnny, the way that that would carry over is that you know organizations like the CGC and I believe WADA do actually put them on their labels. So that's how you would it would it be has provenance. Yeah, so it would actually say uh, Carolina. You know, anything that was graded would say a Carolina collect Carolina collection pedigree, and uh, and so that's how that would transfer. Some guy named Dane bought this in two thousand five. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm I'm curious. Like I, I would like to reach out to to Wada and maybe ask them if they are yeah. going to start documenting like things as collections. And if so, how do I get my stuff known as the California Collection? 
Yeah, I'm actually curious about like not being sarcastic at all. Like I, I'm, I'm genuinely curious because there no, does I... seem to be a little bit of terminology difference. Because when you pedigrees in comic books, generally that's original owner collections, and that's what makes it a pedigree. Whereas Dane just bought his shit from wherever, right? Like he's, eBay, he, you Nintendo know. Age, and so I... like so there's there's a there's a significant difference in the way that this term is being used. I'm pretty sure the criteria is that you have to have a load of sealed games. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just think it's, here it's just being used as, holy shit, this is a big collection. But like, it's specifically sealed because both the Indiana collection and Dane's collection both have a lot of sealed games in them. Like, I, I bet Johnny couldn't get the California collection, but Joan Bone could get the Joan Bone collection. Maybe Eric could have the California collection. How many name drops can we get on this show? <laughs> um probably all of them let's go let's just read the nintendo uh, age form i'd like to drop some of those people this is why everything seems so catastrophic right now to us because we know everyone okay so let's let's talk about this sale of nintendo age a lot of you guys probably are getting to this part of the podcast and going huh nintendo age sold what's nintendo age because i've never been on a forum because i'm not 40 years old that's fair <laughs> <laughs> And so I will tell you, it is a forum. It's where a lot of once upon a time knowledgeable collectors went and shared ideas and and found new stuff and talked about it, talked about games and documented them and, you know, generally shared that information with the public. They did so on a forum that you had to sign into, uh, but still pretty public. And it's got some very important things to know. And I think, Stefan, before we get into like what happened and how the sale was conducted. Could you just read a few pieces of the terms of service? So if you're a member of Nintendo Age and you're hearing this, and I know a few of you are, and maybe you're a little salty at my cavalier attitude here, and that's fine. We can, we'll can we still be friends later. You can just be a little annoyed with me. Let's go ahead and do that thing that no one has ever done and read some terms of service, Stefan. <laughs> Yeah, so there is, and and both of the there's a there's a terms of use and a and a uh, privacy policy at the bottom of Nintendo Age. Now, to be clear, just for due diligence, I went and I pulled up an Internet Archive version of the site just to make sure uh, with 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 clarity that Dane didn't like ninja in some legalese uh, to Dane, to, the to former cover owner himself. of Nintendo Age. Correct. So, uh, and and when I'm reading about this, uh, just for clarity, uh, when I reference a entity known as Buckethead, that is Dane, Dane's uh, doing business as. That is um, the media conglomerate that owns the Age sites, Nintendo Age, PlayStation Age, and Sega Age. Correct. So, really, the only one that I really want to uh, to focus on here is there is a specific call out towards the sale of business, and it says, and I quote. We intend to protect your privacy to the fullest extent possible, as described in the policy, while also fulfilling our responsibility to uphold applicable laws and, and regulations. I'm going to skip down a couple uh, couple lines, and it says, In the event that all or part of Buckethead is acquired or merged with a third-party entity, in this case it would be GoCollect, uh, you agree that we may transfer or assign the information that we have collected from you as part of such merger, acquisition, or other change of control. In the unlikely event that of our bankruptcy, insolvency, reorganization, receivership, or assignment for the benefit of creditors or the application of laws uh, or equitable principles affecting creditors' rights generally, we may not... Uh, be able to control how your personal information is treated, transferred, or used. So the two points here are, 
if you signed up for this website, you have already signed away any right for you to have any say over how your information is treated in a merger or acquisition or in a bankruptcy setting. Uh, both of those scenarios, you wouldn't be able to have any legal recourse uh, over uh, how your personal information is treated. I'm pretty sure I fell asleep, and this is the most boring part of Go Collect buying Nintendo Age. Yes, but it's still important. So you could probably <laughs> yeah. cut you could cut this out and put it somewhere different if that makes no, sense. No, no, it's fine. No, no, that's important because it's going to inform our opinions on the rest of how we feel about people. This is Collector's Quest reacts to the Nintendo Age sale and people on the forums reacting to the Nintendo Age sale. Okay, guys, just the world is head beatingly stupid. As a general rule, I don't expect better from general forms or Nintendo Age or anything like that, so I'm not surprised, but there are a lot of people on the forums who had a very negative reaction to this. And that's so, a very negative, like, that's I hate to be expected, right? Yeah, before, like, I, I hate it, right? Sorry, but so I'm angry. That's, that's people on the internet. I hate change. This is change. I hate it. Kill it. Before we pour into this... Um, if you would like to look at this yourself without our opinion or or cull through it yourself, um, the thread is on Nintendo Age is Nintendo Age and Go Collect. Um, and currently, as of this recording, five thirty, it's the top banner on, on the homepage. So it, it says Go Collect in 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 real big print, and you can read through all of this at your leisure. Yeah, you can also s- search by uh, newest. What not post, but uh, response, and you'll see. Probably it's that thread. So, anyways, people on the internet are mad. The users of Nintendo Age are mad because of the way the business was conducted. Go collect a man named Jim bought it, sold by a man named Dane. People are mad at Jim for buying it and all the potentials of it being sold. Will it be monetized? Will things change? Will all of their information, all of their hard work, should they get paid for the information they've dumped into Nintendo Age? A quick response to that, no, you dummy, you put it in a public place. If you wanted to to get paid for your information, write a goddamn book. Shut up. That's that. You know, what's going to happen? Is this going to be a premium service? Um, what's going on? Is the name changing? What happened? Why didn't the admins know? There's a lot of questions. The man, Jim, who bought it from Go Collect has very thoughtful responses on all of these. You know, he took some personal attacks, which is to be expected. He, uh, he didn't lash out. He stayed professional. That's probably half the problem is he came in like a professional and, um, you know, goes through and has tried to do a good job addressing most people who said, F Nintendo Age, I'm out of here now. Like Tyler, who's going to Digit Press, the most depressing <laughs> place on the internet, except for Atari oh. Age. <laughs> um, Atari Age, still bigger than Nintendo Age. Yeah, so, you know, he did a, a nice job. Do you guys agree that he did a nice job responding to everyone and being professional uh, despite attacks and some crazy-ass claims? I do. I think he was completely transparent, you know, as as much as he could be. And then not only that, but he fell on the sword a few times where he didn't really even have to do that. Um, Like when people did lash out over the lack of knowledge of the sale going through prior to the sale. You know, he 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 made it a point to be like, hey, you know, I I, that that is how it happened. Yes, we didn't tell people. And and looking back on it now, 
uh, we could have handled that better. So even uh, even on the place, you know, he was he was very professional and and totally on the mark. And then even places where things were a little sketchy, he addressed them and owned them. And he said how how you can contact Go Collect's legal team if you do wish to sue them because you think like your private messages are being sold with the site and that you somehow have ownership over them or something. But Which Nintendo AH has the legal right to sell and do what they want with because you, yeah. we I just mean, read the terms of service that says so. Yeah. By use of the, you can't use the site without agreeing to those terms. So just the, if you have an account on Nintendo Age and you are concerned about your, your, the privacy of your content, uh, you already signed away your rights to it. And by the way, just so we know, that sounds like a big evil thing we're saying. Like, oh my God, this guy's eating everyone's privacy and shitting out money. Uh, that's not what's happening. He said, he said he's not doing that. He said we're not selling your private information. They're like, oh well, he's a big mega corp, guys. It's one guy who owns an LLC who has less than you know twelve employees. That's not a big corporation, guys. That's a small business. That's that's small. So relax. Stop attacking people. Uh, like and all like really of all the corporations that you probably do business with. On every day, you're worried about Go Collect, yeah, though you're buying things from Nabisco and you know paying Procter and Gamble money every single day, or maybe you're putting money into Marlboro's pockets or anybody who sells it. Like you're mad about what maybe Nintendo Age is doing in the world. Come on, guys. Re- I like, mean, he seems he to have good intentions. Uh, he is he's making money, but he's trying to make money by offering a product that he does not think is on the market right now. Also, Isn't that what we want out of products? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, when did we become so mad when people tried to make a buck by giving us a service that is good? Is that upsetting? Like, I had TiVo for years and years and years because at the time, it was just the best thing on the market. I was happy to pay TiVo to have this thing. Because it did something useful and I thought it was good. When did we become a culture that was just like, I don't want to pay for things that might be good? Yeah. Also, anyone with an L- anyone with like a thousand dollars can have an LLC. Just to, just Less to throw that, that out there. Yeah. Less they, than they that. are you can, not expensive. You can incorporate in Nevada for two hundred and forty nine dollars. Hey, do do I think Collectors Quest needs to be a corporation? I could make that happen. Yeah. If anyone wants to start telling us you're going to sue us, let us know and we'll set one up. <laughs> yeah. Lawyers are standing by. I might use information on this podcast to make marketing material. You don't know what I'm doing. I'm a crazy man. All right. I just, uh, (laughs) there is a lot of negative reaction. I think the vast majority of the site probably is just like, I don't really care, or let's see what's going to come of this, because it doesn't seem like everyday life at Nintendo Age is really going to change anytime soon, right? Right. It doesn't, like... How many people, like, had no announcement been made? Had no one said anything? It's not like Dane is on the site every day posting or something and we're like, suddenly Dane is missing. Had nobody said anything? Would anyone have noticed if they didn't change any banners or logos? No one would have f***ing noticed. At least not for the next year, right? We, we agree to that? Yeah, definitely. Right. So, all these people who are... You know, up, you know, I can see them all because they're all on moral high ground. So I've got a really good view of them, you know, shouting down at everybody about all the wrongs that have been done. Why has no one shouted at Dane at all? Everyone's like, congratulations on the sale, Dane. Glad you made money. I'm sure some people think Dane's a seller, but I'm not going (laughs) to. I'm sure. But why is that a bad thing? Like he made a thing. He maintained a thing. 
He made it. It was his thing to sell. Everyone's like, oh, well, it was his collection to sell. Yeah, so was Nintendo Age. Like, guys, that's how the world works. You have something, you can sell it. It's okay. It's okay. If people didn't have things they could sell, you would never have video games to buy. And and also, I you know, you you're saying there's a ton of negative feedback. I would be interested to you know parse all of this and actually see how many different people are actually giving this negative feedback versus it's it being a a vocal minority. Uh, you know, because because a lot of this is in looking at like there are supportive people. It, so it ranges from you know support to. Uh, to vitriol, but then in the middle, there's a lot of like, I don't care, or I don't know what's going on, or what what is Nintendo Age? Like, there's, there's, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of middle ground here of people who definitely aren't for or against. Like, yeah, I'm just going through and reading a post right now, and there, there's a guy that's just like, hey, I don't care what happens as long as the doors stay open. It's a good thing, right? So. Right. Uh, in a, in a in a world, and we can talk about it a little bit if you guys want, but in a in a in a in a environment right now where there are a lot of other sites that we love that are closing down, like and some we don't love that closed. Right. right. Why but, can't Neo Geo close? What the fuck? <laughs> what assemblers going away now? PC? I don't know. PC Engine FX. I don't. They weren't the nicest Does people anyone, in the world, but no, they yeah. were really rude. <laughs> but if you had, all I'm saying is that if you had a community and a resource that you really loved, and the way forward for it to continue to exist is for someone to buy it, why wouldn't you want that? He's even said that even after, even after Nintendo Wage sort of serves its analytical purpose for Go Collect, it's 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 worth it. it it's worth the upkeep fees for him to continue to pay for the site to just exist versus the backlash that he would get if he closed it down. So. Once they're done doing whatever they want to do analytically, the site's still going to be there infinitum, probably, because of the sale. Well, it's still a Petri dish in which to collect data. Like, why yeah. Why wouldn't he want it to, like... Like, the people, like, Switch people, like, I, I don't know where Switch collectors congregate on the internet, probably more than just Nintendo Age, but the people in the Switch thread are keeping up on every Switch game, every limited print game, all the variants. Like, you know, we're nerds. This is what we do. That that thread, the, I think they're on the third iteration of that thread too. That that thread is crazy and full of good informa- information that is only provided there. That is worth whatever you put into it. Like the people worried about their private messages and stuff being read. Guys, if you said something really private on that, like admitted to some crime, some heinous things, why were you doing that on Nintendo Age? I send Get all my news here. through Nintendo Age. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, you know. Now, there's so many bad jokes I almost made, and I'm not even going to do that. We're just like, why is I just don't understand. Like, the mods kind of got a raw, raw deal. It would have been nice if they knew the admins and stuff. I'm pretty sure you're a mod, Johnny. I, Sega I am. Age, no one, a site that didn't even get a post because who the hell cares about Sega Age and PlayStation Age? That's fair. See, I think that's fair. But what I'm saying, like the Nintendo Age guys, like it would have been nice maybe if those guys knew in advance. And the guy, Jim, he took some blame for that. But really, that's Dane's, because if Dane is planning to sell it, the information comes down from Dane until it's sold. The minute it's sold, this guy put a post up saying, hey, guys, I bought this, uh, just so everyone knows. That includes the audit. So he immediately alerted everyone. If anyone needed pre-alerting about what was going on, that should have been Dane. Okay, he didn't tell people in there and his mods and people that were his friends and have been helping him do this thing, which made him some money and helped him sell his collection. That's a disservice to them. And people should feel that that was a little bit gross. Uh, and I like I like Dane. I don't think he's a bad guy or anything. But, you know, 
if there's some blame to be looked at or something like gross happened, I think that's the worst thing that happened in the whole thing. Yeah, and it's not like he forgot, right? Like there, there, there was there had to have been a conscious decision for him for at some point where they were like, you know, they they chose to keep this private. So well, and it wasn't one hundred percent private either because there was some whisperings and rumblings that had reached me from various sources that maybe something was going on about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. But I was, you know, I was like, oh, maybe. Maybe Nintendo Age is getting a partner or something. I just heard like, oh, stay tuned to Nintendo Age for big changes, like that kind of stuff. So, like, I don't know. So it wasn't completely private. So I don't know why other people weren't told. I wasn't, and I was not told. I'm not saying I was told. I was just said, hey, some things might happen on Nintendo Age. Like, you know, weirdly, I sometimes hear rumors about things involving game collecting that just gets sent to me by random people on the internet. Not even necessarily people like I know or who've been on the show, just like people like, we think you should know this. You're a source. Like, I'm like, oh, cool. Like, general rumor monger, I guess. You guys have any other takes on this? You know, I could go off. I could sit here and be angry. You like, sure I could. <laughs> Yeah, you you got they heard the pre-show like just reading people, you asinine entitled dick faces posting in this thread like you're f-ing owed something or deserved GTFO. Yeah, just get out, get out. No one needs you. Oh, you're leaving Nintendo Age and taking your ball with you. Bye, bye, Felicia. Don't let the door hit you. No one cares. You won't be missed. Okay, think of think of your presence as a finger in a glass of water. Pull your finger out. The glass of water fills back in, and it was like you were never there. That's exactly what it is. Bye. Get out. Go away. No one cares. We're worse for having you here. Tyler and I took one for the team for all of you today. By listening to this like <laughs> twice? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what, took you one ju- for the team, yeah, or we're we, entertained? You were both you, entertained. What you just heard in the last 30 seconds, we got like a you know, 45 minutes of. So (laughs) one, let's not exaggerate. It wasn't 45 minutes. It was like 30. Also, we had to wait for Tyler. So I was doing something because Tyler decided to update his computer right when we were supposed to start recording. Hey, Tyler, what's up? (laughs) So, you know, you can be mad at me for having to say it twice. No one's mad. I'm just, I'm just poking the fun. No one here is having fun. (laughs) Haven't you read the Nintendo age thread? Also, all the people worried about security on Nintendo Age. This is the funniest thing. There is no security on Nintendo Age. Also, <laughs> if you don't know uh, about web scraping, all of this data, I could run a basic scraper and take all the data, parse it. I could run it through sentiment tools and analytic tools, and I could develop a repository of information in the next 10 hours to find out about things you say, things you often say, sentiment about certain games i could do this in the next 10 hours and have it up with word bubbles to point out keywords to every one of your usernames yeah so if you're really concerned about all the information on nintendo age and how dare someone sell it was already there for sale it was like anyone could take it you could still go take it if you know how to do this please go do it a bunch of my information's in there i put a whole cardboard list you're welcome go have it See you later. Please send complaints to legal at collectorsquest.com. Yeah. God damn it. Man, people. Oh, like you just go. I just so incensed at the sheer audacity of the people posting in this thread, man. It's just crazy. And some of it is from people I like. And it's like, guys, really 
Get your shit together. All these people threatening to leave. Go. Just go. Stop making a speech about it. If you're going to leave, leave. Ugh. Johnny's responding to like a minority of people in this thread. Or like half it- the thread and people are reposting over and over. I really don't think the people who he wants to hear this are hearing it. They don't, we already established last week that they don't listen to our podcast. <sighs> also, yeah, I said I'm going to DigitPress just for the record. That is a joke. I'm just reminiscing about the good old days of DigitPress. Were there good old days on DigitPress? Oh, dude, DigitPress was the best. There was no Nintendo age back then. So you that, went to DigitPress. No, that, it's true. There was a lot. DigitPress is an important website. Like, what, where would you go in the mid 2000s, early 2000s to get video game info? Like, weird Mike Etler people or DigiPress had it kind of all consolidated in one database. They did. They had a nice list. They had a book. Look, I had the book. Everyone had the book, right? Did you buy the book, Tyler? I didn't have the book. I was on DigiPress in like 2005 I joined. So by then, like their last time they had published a book was like 03, 04 or something. And I, you know, they don't update their, their page. So they're like, we're going to make a new book every year. And I'm just like waiting for that new book. <laughs> and it's like, oh, they stopped publishing it. So I just never got one. I bought uh, Shaq Fu for the Game Boy from Mike Etler the other day. Oh, you're so damn cool. That's right. That's a rare game, too. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So, wait, Johnny. So, you've gone off for, what is it, like two and a half hours now on how people are entitled about feeling like they have any say in whether Dane sells his his website and how it goes down. But uh, that's not really the important part. Uh, because what Go Collect? So the guy who bought it, his name is Jeff. So what Jeff from Go Collect? Is it Jeff? I keep calling him Jim. Sorry, Jim. Well, his, he looks is okay, is his avatar sorry, himself. Jeff. He looks just like Jim Halpert if he's not. If that's actually yes. a picture, is of that him. what? He's a a beardy dude. Yeah. Correct, uh, pron- yes, correct pronunciation is Jorf. <laughs> he does look like Jim Halpert, so maybe that was my problem. And it's is JHM is his name. Yeah. Yeah, it's Jeff. Sorry, Jeff. I f that up about. Four dozen times. Anyways, go on. But he basically, what he wants to do with the information is, so Go Collect is like game value now for comic books, but way more detailed in terms of variance and condition and certified sales and things like that. There have been people out there complaining that game value now and video game price charting already exist. And I think this is a good thing. I don't know what you guys think, but both because you know like variant tracking and condition tracking game value now means nothing i like as a baseline i offer like game value now price plus like 25 percent for anything i'm buying just because i know there's so many garbage condition games in game value now uh and then like the variant tracking is like oh donkey kong three screw donkey kong five screw it doesn't really like drill down deep into it because it hasn't historically mattered that much, you'd be like, oh, if I want to find some variant, I'll just have to search a little more. But now that prices are shaking out, and now that people are pushing for prices to shake out, like they want there to be this separation of the first prints, of the earlier prints, of like the more exciting stuff, uh, I think a website like this would make a lot of sense. Are you telling me that tools to better inform you on being a collector might be useful, Tyler? Uh, you know, huh. I think I think that would be a good idea, having more charts that and graphs. That is weird. Why would you say that? Why don't you just make your own spreadsheets and do it yourself, you lazy POS? I think Johnny is trying to quote someone else's opinion who he doesn't like. Yeah, that is correct. If I'm you're a- unsure, read the thread. I'm excited because 
now there's an actual dev team working on one of these projects whereas like game value now is one dude i think it was two dudes and then gloves stopped working with him but uh but there's just you know bless their heart for what support they can give you but it's just one guy who probably has a day job and up to another million things that he's dealing with so i'm excited that we will actually get genuine support for a tool like this and the site went down for like multiple months and that data is just gone now so yeah don't you love that like nintendo age was basically pieced like the information that was piecemealed by uh committee and stuff but now when we're confronted by actual factual data and unclean good data people are like all upset like what what is going on here is isn't this what nintendo age has been about the gathering of information and suddenly someone's like i'm gonna give you guys a better tool to gather your information and now we're upset about it also if you're seriously concerned about someone monetizing this data i hate to tell you this but price charting is owned by jj games like that site exists to monetize that storefront so you this might is- think that was uh you know some sort of mm, what's that they call it conflict of interest where you make a, a a site that tells people the prices and then you sell them the games at those prices that might be weird yeah so sorry guys people were people have already been monetizing this data sorry I mean, I could see, like, he obviously just bought this this big Nintendo collection with a lot of sealed stuff, and now he's going to make a website to price it out. But so the problem is, with for me, that with a website like GoCollect, it's grading, it's tracking graded sales in each of their own individual categories. So you go 9.8, 9.6, 9.4, 9.2. You have, like, 20 different number grades, each with their own individual price, and then ungraded, everything just gets dumped into one other container because just like now we have no idea what the condition of that was the only real negative i could see coming from this is it will uh encourage people to grade complete in box games more which is still something i feel pretty weird about i don't like i if i was just buying a copy of castlevania for nes i just i wouldn't want it to be graded unless it was sealed because you already can't touch a sealed game i i don't know if like i could see people being mad that they might push that right Nope, no one is no one's concerned about this. I don't know. Nope. <laughs> okay, nope. fine. Nope. Don't care. Uh well then the other good thing something? is I that guess you. what, guys? The Nintendo Age database, it is not like a Bible anymore. Or it sure doesn't have everything in there. Even for like a super cut and dry console like the Wii U. Oh, it looks like Wii U is actually just updated to have Just Dance 2019 in there. There are definitely gaps in there, and this guy seems like he's combing through the forums, going through the database, and he's trying to come up with a the definitive video game database of every variant pictures of everything that I think everyone has kind of wanted forever. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I don't understand the, the shock and the, the anger on some of this. We've already kind of covered this. This is the new reality. Uh, Nintendo age, as you knew it was gone, but it's probably not going to be changed to the basic users. I understand all the people who are very mad that like, did mods and were admins and stuff and maybe worked because they liked Dane or they liked the site and then were never told. But that's an, like, like putting a lot of the anger on GoCollect is wrong when it should be directed somewhere else. I think that's misplaced anger. Johnny is only focused on anger. Nope. I'm only focused on the price tracking. No, I've, I've just said, I think that's going to look, it's going to be great that we're going to be able to track. This is, 
what what kind of work have I been doing? Like documenting variants, telling people when I post on Instagram and I tag variant games so people can see them. Like, what do you think I do? I want people to know how to find and differentiate between things. All I want is someone to help. And now, now there's a dev team potentially with qualified people who can create an infrastructure that will go about helping to do this. That's a great thing. And, and anyone who doesn't or can't see that is kind of, they've kind of got blinders on. They just, you know, it's the same people who hate new games because they're new um, and they don't know anything about them. They've just got blinders and they don't want anything to move past where where they stop maturing as a human. I want I want Go Collect to pay for data from the collectors who have clearly been hoarding it for years. I want access oh, to yeah. that data because you could tell, uh, like, you go through Nintendo Age threads, and you know people will be talking about black box games, and someone will call in Braveheart, and Braveheart will be like, "Well, from my spreadsheet, let me post this amazing screenshot of information." Like, you can't just download his spreadsheet somewhere, right? That's just his accumulated information. You could tell guys, uh, like, Power Players was going to uh, publish a book, and then he was going to make a website with, like, all Nintendo alt knowledge ever down to, like, Sachin Box color variants, which he is probably the one person in the world that's, like, 100% tracking that kind of stuff. Like, I want Go Collect to go to those guys and be like, hey, we'll give you $10,000 for your spreadsheet, and then everyone can know about it. I don't know if that's going to Who's happen. to say they won't? They they even expressed their willingness to pay people who have good repositories of data. Oh, did they say that? Oh, well, look at that. Yeah. I am, oh, man, yeah. we might be living in the future soon. That's exciting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's like a question he answers in his thing. Like, when the people were saying, you should pay me for my, uh, for the stuff I put onto Nintendo Age, this public site. It's like, yeah, dude, I I found a, a minor code variant of Metroid Classic Edition. I posted a picture of it once. It's like, yeah, dude, that's it's cool that you did that. It's not like you made the website. No, that's called contributing to the community. That's that's why we're all gathered together in a place called Nintendo Age. God. <laughs> is that where we're gathered? I thought that's where all the forty-year-old men are gathered that are still well, hanging on. Well, that it, it is, but there, there's, and I know Stefan wanted to touch on this, like this kind of nonsense and these kind of reactionary posts, and you know, general shittiness from, and not the majority, but from like a strong vocal minority is why a lot of people just said, you know what, see you later, Nintendo Age. I don't need your garbage. Like I, like I still go there once in a while. Tyler, you're our most active person there. Yep. Stefan is more active than me, but you know. I, I moved to Sage initially because I couldn't gain any traction with those guys. There, but it was a bunch of insular, you know, people who just weren't like they were willing to share their information and threads, but they weren't willing to have a conversation with you. They like you could go read their threads, but if you tried to interact, it was it was very hard to break into that. So I was like, all right. And there was other people who felt that way, and like that's how I was like, oh, I'm going to go learn about Sega anyways. I've got these Sega games. Sega Age came out. And then, like, I met a bunch of cool people, and we did a very good job of any time anyone came, like, trying to talk to them, make them feel welcome, respond to welcome threads. But uh, Nintendo Age was, like, in 2009-ish, wasn't, like, the friendliest place. Uh, maybe it's become friendlier now, but there's a reason, like, people like myself were like, you know what? I'm just gonna go. And then when Instagram came, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go there, because it has pictures that are easy to get. And, like, what I find myself doing is wanting to see pictures of stuff. So I can tell if it's different. Yeah, I was proper. I was properly chased off. Uh, there, there's a one to one correlation 
for my Instagram existing um, because I was chased off from Nintendo Age. Uh, when I first started collecting, I was collecting too quickly, I guess, for some people. And there was a uh, some vocal folks who, you know, said I wasn't a collector, or a real collector, whatever that means, and that, uh, you know, I was gonna, you know, sell out within a year and all this crap. Um, and I, I, I just didn't, I didn't have the time or energy to uh to focus on those people because this was also the exact same time that my wife was diagnosed with cancer and so i uh, i just couldn't give those people the time of day and i fled in a very direct fashion to instagram but stefan you met me in that thread and i didn't think you were an idiot no oh, i said thanks. that's fine that the speed at which you collect doesn't matter and a bunch of y'all in here are just jealous babies and that's, here we are. That's how Stefan and I met because Nintendo Age was being a bag of dicks to someone. It's funny because I don't feel I don't get the dickish vibe from Nintendo Age at all. But members of like PC Engine FX would say the same thing about PC Engine FX, and I'm like, man, that is just the most insular place. I I could never break in there. And like Neo Geo just seems like the Warriors. It's just like anarchy over there when I'm looking in there. So I think people kind of like find their spot that they fit in. So. You know, I think Instagram is kind of a more positive place because you kind of just only follow who you want and, you know, you don't have to constantly see a bunch of things from people you don't want. So, I don't know. I yep. Maybe I just fit into Nintendo ways more than you guys do. But I definitely well, think... Um, well, you got chastised... You got chastised on the Facebook group? Yeah, those Facebook people. What the f*** <laughs> Nintendo ways Facebook people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, anyways... That's what the collecting landscape is kind of looking like right now. Things are in chaos. Nintendo Age has been sold. PC Engine FX is going away. Assembler is gone. Uh, you can still get to read only PC Engine FX, by the way. So you can still read the content that was there. So if you want to run your scraper over there and uh, take all of their data that they've worked so hard on without paying anyone, you could do that. Just saying. Um, Johnny? Just, can we, what? Can, are, are we done with this topic? Cause no. I, Oh. No, I was kind of just repacing us and getting us, you know, to start moving away from it. Do yeah. you have more? Well, no, there's just something I really want to talk about, and I just didn't want you to move on to the second segment. No, no, I was just kind of wrapping that part up. Okay. I always say anything else before we move on to the second part. That's fair. But uh, since you've brought us here, Stefan, what would you like to say? I desperately want to talk about IMA bit. Can we please talk about IMA bit? <laughs> Um, yes, we can, but let's, let's button this all up. Let's button up the landscape stuff and then we'll talk about that. So okay. before we go on, do we have any further thoughts on how we're in this weird new world and we've got to wait for some time to see how things shake out and what the sale of Nintendo age means. And if this new tool is good for collecting, do we have anything else to say about that? Beside from me ranting about how fucking stupid people are on the internet, which is not news to anybody. I think I just want to reiterate that none of this matters as much as you think it does, because if you're listening to our podcast, then you're in it at the level that we are, likely. And on the whole, this is shaking much less of the hobby than you uh, than you think it is, because it's you're sitting in it. Yeah, i.e. see what I said about the base <laughs> and, and casual collectors and where you might fall on that, uh, on that iceberg. You are what we call above the waterline. Yep. So don't worry about it. You're fine. Yep, it's fine. Collecting is fine. We're all fine right now. 
We'll report back when it's not fine. Tyler, I know you have something. When you were talking about Assembler, in case anyone doesn't know, Assembler, assemblergames.com, kind of the home for the obscure and prototype and development gear, uh, all that kind of stuff for video games. Like, as far as I know, that's the main place that those kind of prototype people congregate. Not just retro stuff, like totally modern stuff, like PS4 demos and stuff. You go there. Uh, and they're shutting down. That was announced today. This is today. We're actually relevant. This is weird. Um, people in that thread are begging for someone to buy the site because they do not want the site to shut down. They're wondering why the owner won't just sell it. There's a guy offering to take it over. So uh, compared to Nintendo Age shutting down, I think it being transferred to new hands. Uh, pretty good thing. Right. Uh, you were talking about uh, scraping PC Engine FX. So a few episodes ago, I uh, I mentioned that I was downloading Nintendo Age. Maybe I mentioned this offline, but I was a... Uh, I was running a scraper to download the Nintendo Age forums just because, you know, a lot of it's on Internet Archive, but I wanted to go through it myself and extract the information. Yeah, I wanted to try to be one of these people who's congregating all these little bits of information from everywhere. And I I didn't even finish the scrape. I got through, I went back to 2007, the earliest threads in the forum. I got through two pages and I'm like, it's. Every thread has like some stupid little bit about some stupid little code that doesn't matter because that's all Nintendo Age Collector's Corner was for years. Uh, I just it's it's an impossible task, so I'm going to leave it up to Jeff of Go Collect to go parse all that nonsense. Or Jim, as I called him, J H M Jim. Yes, default Jim. Yeah, him. Default Jim. J H M Jim. You gotta go him like uh, the cool whip. Cool. A bit from Family Guy. <laughs> Jim. Anyways. Um, all right. Uh, so, our favorite punching bag is back. This time, dumber than ever. Well, not dumber than ever. Nothing's dumber than all of those Mega Man that they released. But let's talk about I Am 8-Bit, guys. Uh, Stefan, you're dying too, so... What happened? Yeah, so it's an anniversary, 30th, 20th, 30th, uh, I think 20th, uh, anniversary of Earthworm Jim, which is awesome. Congratulations, all involved in that property. We love Earthworm Jim. However, oh, and there's like a Kickstarter, there's an Indiegogo for a new uh, comic book f- uh, for Earthworm Jim. If you're 25th anniversary. 25th anniversary, thank you. Uh, if you are so inclined, if you love the property like we do, I am backing that project. However, one of the projects that are spawning out of this anniversary that I am not keen on is our friends at I Am 8-Bit have decided to do a Earthworm Jim 1 and 2 for Super Nintendo multi-cart release for the low, low price, gentlemen, of $135. Wow. I mean, usually they release games one for $100, so two for $135. That sounds like a deal. All, all on the... It's a multi-cart. It's a multi-cart. Yep. And uh, not not only that, but uh, now instead of like there being an okay option and then a really cool chase cart, there is a really cool chase cart and then a horrendously ugly pink uh, utter, cartridge. It's utter pink. Uh, it's it's like just... For cows. You're right. It's like Sailor Moon pink. Um, and, uh, utter. Like cow udders. Oh, I get it. Uh, or or, or uh, pink. Wait, is it pink for the worm? Like, that's what I got. No, it, no it's pink for the udder of the cow. Oh. Anyway. So, yeah. So, once again, you're going to be paying your $135 to maybe, but probably not, get the color that you want. Stephen, do you know what the odds are for the cow print one? 
Was it one in one, a... One in a hundred, right? One in twenty. One in twenty? One in twenty out of two thousand carts. That is... There's only it. one... There's only 100 total of that. So, you know, uh, let me just... At least the print run is small. I'll give them that. At least the print run is smaller. Because, like, they made something, what, like, like 8,000 or something or something, something yeah. stupid of the, of, the, uh, of the Mega Man carts. Like, it was almost like a standard production run of a Super Nintendo game. That already exists. But, guys, can you answer me this question? Should I buy this combo cart of Earthworm Jim 1 and 2, complete in box-ish, or could I buy CIBs of Earthworm Jim on the Super <laughs> Nintendo or the Sega Genesis 2 independently for less than $135 and like $8 shipping? Yep. Well, Johnny, the uh, the pre-order window opened a week ago. I mean, the, you can't get this anymore. It's sold out, right? <laughs> nope. Nope. Pre-order's still available. I haven't checked on Mega Man lately, but I'm sure that's still there, too. I mean, oh, it, it sure is. It wasn't as bad as, like, the $100 um, Street Fighter cartridge where you could get a CIB uh, original Street Fighter, Fighter cartridge for, like, a fifth of that or whatever the hell it's going for, half of that. No, but you can um, buy both of these. I know. What? No, I think this is worse. You could have yeah. got... So when that one... When the Street Fighter came out, you could get a sealed Street Fighter 2 for a little over $100. And now it's only... <laughs> it's still only, like, 175 or something stupid. So this... I, I have to say, when you said we have to talk about the I Am 8-Bit news, I started, like, Googling. I'm like, what happened with I Am 8-Bit? Because this happened a week ago, and it has completely left my mind. I, I know. Well, we were gonna cares? we were gonna talk about it the other day when we recorded for Odyssey 2, and I didn't say anything, because Johnny told me not to. Oh. Yeah, because I wanted to talk about it as well, because this is my favorite thing to talk about. So stupid. Yeah. Just give me the color I want! Why is... Uh, you know, honestly... See, uh, this is this is how gross it is. I am 8-bit. Stefan is a dummy. You could have had his money. Even though we preach on this podcast, don't buy shit like this. You could have had Stefan's money if you would just give him a cow print. Or, Stefan, you could just go to Etsy and buy the combo cart. I buy stupid, ridiculous shit all the time. I am the first one to own up to it. So I when, know, but when a lot you of the make stuff you buy at least is cool. This right. isn't well, cool. That's what I'm saying. Is like When you make something... That I actually want, and I don't buy it? That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, if you can't get Stefan's money, you have really f***ed up. Because he even shelled out for uh, a Mega Man cartridge uh, and a Street Fighter. Oh, uh, it hurts me. Stefan bought a Street Fighter too. Yeah. Oh, that's stupid. Yeah, see? See? <laughs> I hate. Preach against doing this. Stefan's done it. But somehow, you couldn't steal his money this time. Because it's not getting better. It's getting worse. Well, Stefan, to be fair, they did increase the price. <laughs> For no reason. Like, really? Does Earthworm Jim 2 carry a $35 premium? Like, where is that price increase even coming from? Well, I bet for I guarantee Earthworm Jim is cheaper to license than Mega Man is from Capcom. I uh. want you to know that in the box, there's retro pack-in surprises. So hold on to your hats, because you could get some pack-in surprises. That fit That's where flat that in the box that already goes. has a cartridge in it. Yeah. It's going to be some good surprises, guys. Hey, you guys know how I also feel about fucking boxes that you put a mystery game in? Ugh. Oh, no, they said it's a fold-out box this time. You can fold-out foil box with glossy embellishments. 
At least you can see which cartridge you got, unlike the Street Fighter one, which you have to open to know if it f***ing glows in the dark. I don't know. Can you? Because I, like those are also gatefold boxes, but there's no window, so you can't tell. Oh, really? Yeah. It's just oh, a gatefold box? Yeah, you can't box? tell. You have to open yeah. the box. It comes yeah. in a poly bag. Like You can't even tell until you take it out of the bag. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's uh. like, no one likes loot boxes. No one likes them. That's why Congress the is trying to pass law about 2018. them. And now this, like, oh, man, I'm just going to say, you couldn't get Stefan's money, you really f***ed up. Yeah, I'll say that. I know you did. That's why I'm okay <laughs> teasing you about it. Or I wouldn't have. It's not even a tease. It's just a fact. It's a, this is awful. I All right. The the big well, there's so many f***ing problems. The pro the big I don't need one a very big problem is that the 19 out of 20 cart is just butt ugly. And I think these sort of pseudo collectible high end things, let's face it, $135 for a game that literally costs more than buying complete copies of the real games is supposed to be a high end collectible. It should be classy. Like if they made a black cart or a, a standard one, it would be slightly less offensive. This yeah. is, I'm telling you, this is a standard shell. You can go buy these. This is as bad as if you put it in a red translucent case. Yeah. I, I have a couple Sailor Moon translation ROMs that are on, that are on that, in this on same pink cart. You can yeah. go buy them. Yep. They're not hard to find. Go to Alibaba and just get them. Jeez. Gross. I also think the, this is actually, this is the first multi-cart by I Am 8-Bit, which is funny because Retrobit also has bit in their name, puts out multi-carts and they're like budget games. 35 like 35 bucks, 30 bucks. You can get Joe and Mac 1 and 2 and Congo, uh, Congo, oh man, what's his name? Congo Bongo. That's Atari. Congo Caper on that same cart. Three, three good games, 35 bucks. Yeah, and I... The gameplay isn't, no one's buying this for the gameplay. No one's buying this because they have any sense, first of all. But uh, just in my opinion, to make this the classiest thing it could possibly be, it shouldn't even be a multi-card. It should just be Earthworm Jim. Uh, and I think, again, I think Retrobit is the one that put out Holy Diver. And they made one other one. No, I think Holy Diver is the main one that's out right now. And there was like an R-Type one. And that just showcases one game in a really nice looking cartridge and a really nice looking box. For less than $135. It was 60 bucks, And that's the way I think that these things should be done. And is Earthworm oh, Jim you also even got, a big enough name you, to You also got so many extras with that Holy Diver release. Like, yeah, that like, Holy Diver thing was kind of silly. Like pins and like, like really actually decent. I bought the Holy Diver and thing and didn't feel bad about it. And I say don't buy that kind of stuff. I felt fine with that. I also felt fine buying the uh, the Joe and Mac game for $35. Because it was $35. All right. But this thing, and then you can't tell what cards it's like. You put it in a gateful box. At least put a window so I can display it. Because am I really pulling this thing out and playing it? Does this one specifically tell me it won't catch my house on fire? Yeah. Like, well, Yeah, uh, they don't have that warning anymore. That is that notable. And that's always like been like aside from everything else, one of the big used for me on these is that these are really for people who are just going to put them on a shelf and have them look pretty and not open them. And yet, because they do chase carts, they're forcing you to open the fucking thing if you want to know if you have the rare one. And then if you don't, you're just f***ed. yeah. This is a really. <sighs> They either really understand collectors or have no idea. I don't know what it is. So but they're I, not getting my money. 
I'm not completely against the idea of doing something that forces you to open a box. So what? Well, you're gross. But, but there's there no was... reason for you to open it otherwise because you can get the goddamn game for cheaper. Yeah, but I like the idea that they want whoever's like making it is trying to force you to enjoy it and not just keep it as a sealed collectible. I don't want to be told you're what to do with the stuff it. I pay for. I know. Well, I know you could if it actually had something cool inside, like if uh, Doug Tenapel, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, did like a sketch of Earthworm Jim and put it into each box. Like that could be one of the retro surprises. Sure, like, I would. It's I would instantly be on board if there was a reason for me to open this thing. Like aside but, from seeing whether or not I have the chase cart, aside from me finding out whether or not I voluntarily devalued my purchase, I'd be fine. But there's not. There's no reason. So uh, the point I was getting to is uh, there's one of these limited print PC game companies. I don't even know if they're still around. I don't even remember their name. Uh, they printed the the Steam code for your game on the outside of the box. So you never had to open it and you could just keep it sealed. And then there was another company that put them in the boxes to force you to open it. And I don't know. I kind of like the idea of forcing you to open boxes. I don't no, know. Why. Don't don't force me to do anything. You don't have don't, to. You can keep it sealed and never know, but, but then if, you'll never I, know. You maybe bur- you have the Calprint cart. If you bury a code or something in there, you shouldn't force me to make that. Like you didn't need to force me to make that choice. So uh that's just like preying on collector habits. Yeah, it's just, a predatory behavior. I don't just, like it. Just put a sticker on the cellophane on the bottom of the box. So you have also, to lift up your cartridge and go so that way if you wanted to to hide what it was, then you could just stick it on a shelf and no one would be the wiser unless they picked it up and it wouldn't that'd be fine. There's just a lot of better ways to do this. Yes, a hundred um, better ways. And, well, and also why is it $135? We kind of went over that. Like if you look at Grim Fandango on their site. Um, which was released like a remaster on the PS4 and stuff. I bought that. I'm waiting for that to come. It was thirty dollars. Why? Why? Why a hundred dollar discrepancy here? But it wasn't a Super Nintendo game. You can't make a Super Nintendo cartridge for thirty dollars at retail, Johnny. Oh, okay. I think I think maybe you almost can. Says Joe and Mac one and two and <laughs> Congo's Caper. That doesn't come with special retro surprises. It does actually come with some extra stuff. There's like some pins and stuff in there. All right. I don't get it. I made it. Yeah. It's just like, there's so many confusing things. I don't. I'm still uh... like, I am. I am totally on board with the aftermarket bullshit. Like Stefan, if they print the right thing, like if there was a Ninja Gaiden and it wasn't like Ninja Gaiden trilogy, uh, I would buy it. Whatever. You know, you want me to spend $135 to just buy Ninja Gaiden again, and it comes on a yellow cartridge? Like, all right, I'm doing it. It doesn't make any sense, but I'm doing it. Johnny will yell at me. We'll have a whole other podcast on that. I will yell at you. That is correct. And I will enjoy that they are forcing me to open it. Because if you're, if you're really, truly intending to keep something stupid like this sealed, then it's not even a question. You will never open it, and nothing that they try to entice you with will open it. But if they do put something kind of cool in, like a chase cart or a sketch or something like that, that forces those people on the edge to open it, I think that's well, fun. Be- because there would be a value proposition there. like Because then it would be like, okay, I have a chance that I open this and it's something genuinely cool. 
or or you know or that I you know if it was like the chase cart and if, if so if you had every everyone came with like something cool and and then occasionally you'd get a chase cart then that would be that would be okay because then at least I opened it and I got something neat regardless but in this case it's if I get the thing then I'm happy and if I don't then I, I then fuck like that's that there's there's a huge discrepancy in 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 the value proposition do you think so uh, i think there are other carts for like one and ten i and this is a smaller print run there's only a hundred of these i think they're probably trying to generate buzz with like some big ebay sale like some idiot spending six hundred dollars on one of their games and be like then the next time they put one out they're gonna be like check it out one of our last ones sold for six hundred dollars Limited Run Games has uh, alluded to that. They're, let's talk about Limited Run Games, too. They're releasing uh, Oddworld, new and tasty, on the PlayStation 3. Gross. What does that do for anybody? <laughs> Zero. But there are people excited for it. Why? I don't know. Just... <sighs> that game would be, be li- just lost to time if we didn't have a physical release of it for a last-gen console of a port that was already a physical release on the next-gen console. But on a game still- they already... Put on the Vita, but I still get it a little bit because you are offering a product for a new, for a different console in which it was not on previously, versus something like this where it's you're just making a a shitty, Guys, less cool. Uh, if it went from PS3 to PS4, it would make sense. The fact that they're going back a console like years after is stupid. <sighs> well, that's just them capitalizing on the lack of backward compatibility on the PS4. Ooh, gotcha, PS4. Oh, gotcha. I don't have the I don't have the energy or anger left in me to talk about limited run games. Yeah. Can we just do it next episode? I thought I wanted to talk about this. I regret my decision. This has just made me tired and sad. Oh, oh no! I'm so sorry, oh, guys. Stefan, Stefan, did you say you're tired and sad? I there's a place for you. Do you want to tell people where they can go if they're tired and sad? <laughs> Nintendo Age. Well, that's where they already are. <laughs> we have a special place. Where if you're also a fan of Pirates of Dark Water, (laughs) uh, there is a Facebook group called Pirates of Dark Water Rules that you can join and just go there and be sad. Because that is a place for sad people who never found an answer to whether all 13 treasures of rule would be collected and whatever happened to Ren on his quest. (laughs) So if you're sad, you can tap into the empathy of those people there and uh, join us on Facebook. You guys ever feel like everyone complaining about the ending of Game of Thrones has never seen a TV show end poorly or not end? Do do we want to do this on all the other things I'm disappointed yeah, with? Wait, <laughs> this is not this is not the I'm I'm tired. This is not the okay. time. No. Spoilers. Spoilers if you have not watched the end of Game of Thrones. Spoilers. Oh, Johnny's doing Spoilers. it. Here we go. We're really out of date on this one, guys. Yeah, if you, well, not, some people wait a little while and then binge. They shouldn't in this case. The only thing that the end of Game of Thrones did, and I did not think it was possible, was make me crave the books again. That's it. That's the ending. I've never read the books, and yeah, that that seems right. Yeah, that. Sure wish they existed, at least. Yeah, God, that's just so disappointing. More disappointing than people on the internet is the end of Game of Thrones. They gave you the ending that nobody wanted. You could I, feel how bored the writers were as they did it. I've lived through Lost and House of Cards and Battlestar Galactica. You've lived through Pirates of Dark Water. I 
I'm numb to I'm, this feeling. <laughs> I am okay to the end of Battlestar Galactica. Lost is a show that should have ended after season one. Yeah, just there. But Game of Thrones isn't a show that suddenly derailed after the first season, and you're just like, "What the hell well, happened that's to that why good idea?" It's not heroes, it. you know. Did you ever oh, see God, heroes? Hero. So uh, Ada, Ada was like a diehard hero. She's seen every episode, including like the new ones in the reboot. Oh wow, Ada is <laughs> sad. Ada, Ada, girl, guys, let me talk to you. I can't Don't believe that. I can't believe this is happening. But for once in our lives, I'm the one that is reminding us that we are way <laughs> off the rails right now. God, remember how good Heroes <laughs> was season one, and then let's like it what was amazing. Save the right? cheerleader, save the world. It had such a great hook, and I then tried. the characters forget who they are. I tried. It's terrible. <sighs> way worse. Way worse than the ending of Game of Thrones, which was just terrible. Just, just the goddamn worstest. It's it's not the worst. It's probably the best way a show can fail, having six or seven great seasons followed by, you know, one, one very short bad one. Look at The Walking I, Dead. It's just kind of dragging on forever. The Walking yeah, Dead like the is Walking even Dead. worse because it got... You, basically, everybody watched The Walking Dead until they just burned out. They're just like, this sucks now. I'm, I'm, I'm done with Walking Dead. And now it's supposedly getting good again. And those people might get dragged back in and have to go through the same thing all over again. But see, at least, at least I went on my terms. You know, I left Walking Dead. I was just like, you know what? I don't need to do this anymore. We grew apart naturally. But Game of Thrones, much like... Got a dagger slit up in. <laughs> just, I said spoilers to begin with before. Like, just what the shit? This oh, book. This is this is the worst yeah. thing you guys have ever done to me. <laughs> you had to sit through Johnny ranting about oh, Nintendo Age twice, and now we're talking just, about Game of Thrones. This is just. I don't know. Why? Why is this the worst? Did you love the end of Game of Thrones? No, I just can't believe how far off the rails we are right now. This is the this is the of state all of game the things, This is the worst things that ha- look because there's nothing left to talk about games. It's crazy. Do you have a million dollars to buy black box games? Get out <laughs> if you don't. <laughs> so sorry, collecting's over, kids. Sell your shit. Just kidding. <laughs> but that's the attitude. Anyways, uh, there's been a lot that's happened. I'm I'm stuck a lot of times at home with a baby. I get very few moments to rant to people. <laughs> Yeah, this is we're gonna have we're gonna start releasing like once a month, but each podcast is gonna be four hours long. Yeah, yeah, we're giving you the content. Don't worry about it. Um, all right, moving on, moving on. Tyler, unless you've got anything else, Tyler. Better not have anything else. Uh, no, no, I don't have anything else. <laughs> but I'll defend us because I bet like IGN and GameStop were all chasing trends with their own Game of Thrones articles, even though we're like, you know, weeks late to it. But we're just people who watch the show. We like we're not trying to make a dollar off anyone. This show still isn't monetized. This is just guys, donate to our Patreon. Um use our I am 8-bit referral link when you buy Earthworm Jim 1 and 2, if it's still available when the show comes out, of course. You know, I'm gonna ask if they want to sponsor us. I'm just gonna <laughs> just gonna write them a letter. I bet we we probably unironically draw like some traffic to their site. I'm whether sure or not it's people who want to laugh or purchase something, I don't know. <laughs> well, uh Mega Man update, they're both still there, just so you know. <laughs> Anyways, guys, 
I know you talked about it. You guys kept saying in the last episode, tomorrow, but you guys never got back to me whether you could actually record the next day. So it's not actually tomorrow to the people who listened to the last podcast. So these guys didn't just walk in the door. It's been five or six days now or whatever. So in that time, what have you played and what have you bought? Uh, I have continued to play Final Fantasy X with my daughter. That's cool. She oh, loves it. That's oh, awesome. Oh, 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 mm. What? Mm. What? Yeah, what? about that. What? Uh, he's I just like wanna... just taking your first oh, sentence oh and he's like, no. Oh, oh God. yeah, yeah. Oh, because God. you said Final Fantasy X on the last podcast. Yeah, I was listening in. I heard you. <laughs> no, I, I listened to it after it posted. You said Final Fantasy X is a great game. Those are words that came out of your mouth. Yes, it that is, is a great game. That is not correct, sir. Yeah, we it's will a great fight. Game. It's a good game. No, it's not great. It's <laughs> a good game. It's, <laughs> it's a it's a great it's not great. It's terrible. <laughs> it is a tragedy. Okay, it might be with, the worst Final with, Fantasy. It with, is a sign of the end times. <laughs> this, this it is, is not what, good. This is what we're, what we're yelling about. Yes. <laughs> How this, dare you? Out of this whole podcast, this is what we're How? fighting over. This is worse than Nintendo Age being <laughs> sold to somebody in Russia. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Playing that. Wrong. You're wrong, Stefan. <laughs> I can't believe you would say that out loud. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about, because I really wanted to talk about it last time, but I hadn't finalized the sale, and I and uh, I was really excited to talk about it, and now I can because they are on their way to me. Uh, you guys know I have a pretty... Sounds like he's jumping the gun. Sounds like he's about to talk about something that's not in his hands yet. Ooh, yeah. lost in shipping. I don't shipping. think we do it's that. True. No, it's not lost in shipping. I, I know where it is. I know exactly where it is. It'll be here. It's on the way. Anyway, uh, you know I am a I have a fanatical love for anything related to Nintendo gameplay counselors. Uh, when Ooh, did Joey get back to you? Prior to did Joey give I'm not you even, his no, child? I, I'm not. I'm not giving you my time. I'm not. No, no. I'm going to continue to talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> prior to uh, the gameplay counselors going to all digital formats for their uh, data, their uh, database of information, they worked out of these binders. Oh, yep, and uh, and so these very seldom left the building. Uh, a lot of it was you know internal either things. You know, Pages from strategy guys that guys that hadn't been released yet, or just um, you know very personalized hand drawn maps or uh, or personal strategies that these gameplay counselors uh, derive themselves. Um, and so there was a there was a collection of of data composed of five or six uh, binders of information. And at long last, I have acquired not one. But five oh, gameplay counselor yeah. binders. Stephanie, <laughs> he got the Nintendo counselor binders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Tyler and I have. Do you been... feel validated? I do. I feel so <laughs> validated. Right. Oh man, I, I I feel like I need to ship them to Tyler now so he can do a <laughs> gem miner video on them. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, this is something that I have been uh, working on for. You know, uh, we t- we talk about how I do a fair bit of hustle uh, to um, to find the stuff that I I buy, especially when it pertains to uh, internal employee stuff. And this is a deal that I've been working on for about six months. So I am uh, I'm very excited to finally bring it to a close. That better be like in your town, knowing where it is. You're not like flying out to get these. Yeah, no, they they are in in the city currently. Okay, just to explain my reaction, I genuinely think this is like 
the coolest thing in terms of Nintendo ephemera that you could actually have is gameplay counselor binders. I really don't care about anything. I don't care about signs. I don't really care about Nintendo World Championship stuff. Certainly not like Nintendo World Championships badges. Like, cool that you have them, but whatever. But these hey, counselor binders are just the coolest. Spend 10k on a jumpsuit. Yeah. 10k on a jumpsuit, yeah. <laughs> and it's full of... It's like, it's like the real Nintendo power. It's like not the bull Nintendo power that only went over half the game. I, I well, would read. It's like all pure cocaine, not not that bullshit stuff that's been cut with flour. This is the real deal. And 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 the, the data in there is really neat because it, it was you know crowdsourced by the community of gameplay counselors. So someone would actually break a strat and then distribute that to all the other binders, right? And so you have this like hodgepodge of strategy that was really uh, created by these kids just sitting down and playing through these games. And I have a special announcement for all of our listeners. Stefan is going to go ahead and digitize all of that and release it for free because that's what you do with content, right? (laughs) It should all just be given away. That's right. Uh, I will absolutely uh, cover them in a a YouTube video as to... No, no, uh, no. You're going to scan all of them (laughs) and then release that code because we're entitled to it. Nope. This time around, that's not going to happen. No, no, no. I understand that you got pressured in your last YouTube video. I did. And I'm I'm here speaking for those people. Those people (laughs) who who are afraid to whine to you themselves, let me do it for them. Yeah, you're since gonna, they're all coming to you that, anyway. Right? Yeah. yeah, you're going to upload that shit, right, bro? Nope. When's that code coming to me, man? It's not, <laughs> not this time Why around. isn't it already done? I know, when do right? I get a copy? Uh, oh, you're just Stephanie, hoarding You're it? just going to let this get lost to time? Do you realize that this yeah. is information and you're going to let it get lost to time? We're entitled to this. You don't understand how many worlds end if you don't do this. You're destroying history. By owning this. Yeah, you're basically a Nazi. (laughs) By owning this. You're destroying history by owning this. I didn't know it existed five seconds ago, but now that I do, you're destroying it. Yeah. Uh, Well, that's nice of you to upload it for everyone. Oh, God. Yeah, if you want to know what they're talking about, just listen to our Odyssey, the end of our Odyssey 2 video, or our Odyssey 2 podcast, where I talk about, at length, the uh, community that is giving me for the UWC oh, not there's a bunch of bags on YouTube uh-huh. huh weird yep Stefan oh, do you ever wonder they're, why they're, like, uh, they're not uh, even every- just on YouTube anymore they're like creeping up in my Instagram DMs anyway that's what I bought okay that's a pretty good purchase thank you I oh hey guess what everyone I'm gonna go look at it and I'm not gonna tell you either ooh burn no Stefan's gonna do a video it'll be awesome but I am gonna come over and look at those I'm sure. gonna come over so and know. look at them okay you're always we'll welcome, Tyler. Anytime you want to hop know. on a plane. It's so far away. Oh. But by plane, it's not that far away. Just not that you're bringing to them York. to Portland, but are we going to Portland this year? We are. We should schedule that. Yep, we should get on that. Yeah. Um, and it's a twofer since Johnny and I are so close. Yep. What? Um. Okay. So Tyler, uh, well, Stefan. Oh, I was going to ask you if you played anything, and then I remembered what we did. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Yep. I don't want to go down that hall again. That yep. madness lives that, there. That was uh, frankly Tyler, kind of nope. frightening. <laughs> Stefan, shh. Tyler, what did you buy? Is it as cool? Yeah, like, I man, feel like I should, I'm always I going after Stefan. I should throw it to you first. Why, ridiculous like, shit. Yeah, like going behind Stefan just feels bad. We're like, oh, I bought this game. Stefan's like, well, I bought a piece of history today. 
Like, oh, that's cool, I guess. And I like, talked it, about that before. You can't compare the stuff that I buy right now to the stuff that you guys buy Because you are right now. We're such not even an elite collector, and I'm such a little normie that you could squash no, like a bug. We're not collecting the same <laughs> thing. Uh, I collect video games to play them, Stefan. I don't, do you even like look at the stuff on your shelf? Because <laughs> I am actually I'm, player I bet games. you're just going to put those binders on a shelf. Wait a minute. <laughs> I think that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Tyler, I'm sorry. What what did you actually buy, and what are you playing right now? I uh, I upgraded my copy of Rockin' Cats, which was probably the worst condition NES cart in my collection. This is... I probably wouldn't mention this normally. I think it's significant because I have almost never upgraded anything in my collection. So it's interesting that I have enough to the point where I think it's time to start upgrading stuff. And there you go. No. You've reached a place. I, I do that very rarely, but it does happen more than it used to. Where I'm just like, eh, that's a better copy. I'll get a better copy of that. And uh, then I'm, I'm continuing down. Actually, I'm not really continuing that far down the buy Nintendo stuff. I got a, a really, really nice complete copy of Pitfall. Uh, I'm going to start getting back into 2600 stuff. Uh, I'm hoping Ew, that incorrect. comic people never really send their eyes back there. But uh, They won't. No one cares. G- good. Because I kind of want every Atari and every Activision game, which is, it's like over 150. So it's quite a set. Over 150 at like $4 a pop. How will you afford that? I I paid 40 bucks for Pitfall. And that that's a premium because it was super nice. But like Activision games are up there. Like Hero, I want Hero. That's like 150 bucks. Hmm. Dude, Atari, Atari age, still bigger than Nintendo age. I will remind you. You can remind me, and you can keep saying that, but you'll never make my heart believe it. I know. I know, because we don't interact with those people, because we're all sectioned into our own things. The people on Reddit don't, don't even don't know what phones. Heritage Auctions is. Like, yeah, and the people on Atari Age don't know what Reddit is. <laughs> That's why I fit in with the people on Atari Age. If you know how to use Snapchat, don't even talk to me. Tyler, you are older than you should be. Um, what are you playing, Tyler? No, I got more cool stuff, Johnny. Oh, you got? Did you buy more cool stuff? I got. A, I don't know. You just. I just heard you like being the oldest person on the planet for a second. Uh, so I need to upgrade my Nintendo tapes and buy more Atari games. Uh, I got uh, an NES Power Set, which I. What? How many NES sets are there? There's a whole bunch, but now I have a sports set, a power set, the action sets, deluxe set. Which power set did you get? Damn it, which ones are there? <laughs> Isn't that the one with the zapper? Did you get orange or gray zapper? No, that's the oh, action set. No, that's set. the action set. Uh, there are which variants, because the- I've seen people who own just, like, literally 40 boxes. The power Nintendos. set's the power pad one. It sure is. Yes, yeah. Um, I don't know the variants of it. Oh, wait, it looks like it does have an orange and gray one. I don't know, because it's not in front of me. So, oh, well. Hopefully okay. I got the Doesn't gray matter. zapper. Oh, I did get the gray zapper. Oh, what a smart purchase. Good job. Johnny? Tyler is this weird contradiction that I don't understand because like we make fun of him for being like super old and stuff. But then like professionally, he's like jet setting off to Poland to like train people on this like new tech. And like he's like super cutting edge. And then he like comes to talk to us and he's like, I'm going to Denny's. And I was like, I, I don't <laughs> I don't I don't understand. Like what was I'm going that, to Denny's about same, all this? That is the same person. No, just like generally, you, 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 you know, we, we tease How you much? about uh, how much stock do you own in Denny's? Why do you keep pushing it on us, <laughs> Tyler? I just think it's a nice place where a mature man can get a reasonably priced meal. I just don't understand how these are the same person. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't it's know. It's weird. Going on. 
How do you get through this podcast with headphones? Do you like put the headphone right in your ear horn? Or, like, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> what I I bought Nintendo stuff. It's what you guys are into. <laughs> you, we all like Nintendo games here. They're in fact I, and all we that all matters. like Pitfall too. Pitfall is one of the most important games ever made. Oh, most important games ever made. Forty bucks. Ooh. What a deal! One of them, I. That is like one of the few positive things I've ever said about Atari. So you guys just know that I once in a while it happens. Pitfall 2 is uh, a game I enjoy very much and credit it with uh, part of my love of gaming. It is uh, at the absolute top of my want list right now next to Sealed Ocarina of Time is a copy of Pitfall 2. I have two copies of Pitfall 2. I think they are for Atari 400 and Atari 5200. And both times I bought it thinking it was the Atari 2600 version. So really want a 2600 version of Pitfall 2. Uh, Yeah, I think I actually have a 2600 copy of Pitfall 2 and Haunted House. Smash it with a hammer. I will. That was like one of the first things you and I did together. That was our first bonding exercise. Yeah. You smashed Atari Atari games with a hammer? We did. Oh. Was it Pac-Man or something? Uh, I thought it was a racing game. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Made some people sad. They were angry. Yeah. I mean, if um, it's just a cart, like, God, there more Atari it, carts exist than people that will ever want to own them. So I think you're cool <laughs> True. there. It's like if you burn a copy of X-Force 1 to bring it back in the comics, people. We should start trying to bring comics people into the show by just referencing stuff all the time. Okay. Well, I want to seriously try to get uh, that guy, Jeff, on the show. Let him talk about it. That'd be Let great. Him talk about his plan for Nintendo Age. I don't know how we Damn, reach out to him, but I'm going to try. Be controversial Pro- prob- episode. Probably via Nintendo Age. You know, Dane was on the show. I think it would be a nice bookend to the Dane episode. If you guys are interested, we interviewed Dane a long time ago, we, and he talked about the Nintendo collective Age. we, yeah. meaning you, only Johnny yeah, was on the, the co- show at that collector's point. Collectors Quest did it. Johnny, you, uh, you, you think you want, part of it? You think you want people to go back and listen to that episode? But I did that the last time you recommended it. You don't want people to go do that. Why? It just it wasn't. It, it was hard, difficult to listen to, mostly because of the quality. The interview Your was audio fine, quality like the, was audio garbage. quality was not great. Well, I still invite you. I think content is more important, so I still invite people to go hear that. The so only there. episode is worth listening to through the garbage audio era is Johnny's uh, two-parter Super Nintendo episode. Go listen to it; it'll make you cry. And that audio isn't even bad because it was me locally. There was no Skype call. Yeah, it was good. So there, agreed. So there. Uh, what are you playing, Tyler? Uh, have you played Borderlands? I'm playing a modern game. Have you played Borderlands? Nope. Uh, well, all right. Borderlands is a terrible game that uh, a lot of people have a lot of good memories of, apparently. I kind of liken it to the first Assassin's Creed. That game came out, and everyone thought it was amazing, but it, nope, was, it was really boring. always garbage and repetitive and boring. So. so it was super boring. Like, it was a super good idea wrapped in the most boring shell ever. That is exactly what Borderlands is. Every single quest is either a fetch quest where you have to go and get 50 crystals for someone, or you go there and shoot that guy. And every single section is a brown wasteland, and there's only, like, three types of enemies, really. There's, like, humans and two kinds of animals. And it's just such a boring game. Yeah, so what in my world, what that is, like, if you took one of the world's best chocolates and then wrapped it in 14 pounds of shredded wheat that you had to eat through to get to that chocolate, that's what this is. Don't do that. 
It's not good for you. That was a really weird example. Where, where did that come from? I, I like don't shredded I don't, wheat, I'm by not the way. Sure. There was like, someone gave me <laughs> this like it? shredded wheat chocolate. They said it was like one of the world's best chocolates, and it was surrounded in shredded wheat. And I was like, okay, and I ate it, and it was like, I'm like, yeah, the chocolate in there is good, I guess, but getting through the shredded wheat wasn't worth it. This is an actual product? You're not just like... Sounds like an awesome it. cereal, to be honest. Yeah. Sounds a little bit like it's Kellogg's not- Crave. It is a little like Kellogg's Crave now that you say so. What is I happening do love right ser- now? Guys, do you want me this to drag you off the rails? I saw an amazing Crave. No, no. I saw an amazing video of the, it was like a mixology video, but for cereal. And I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but what I always wanted to do with my life, like I said, they asked me what my dream job was. I wanted to be a guy who just reviewed and mixes cereal. And there's someone on the internet who actually does that. And his combinations, mwah, they look amazing. I, I all I want to do is uh, induce a diabetic coma and go try them. Just, all right, you know, just if this is the first time that you're listening to the show, it's not always like this. Please come back, <laughs> Stefan. No, 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 cool your jets because Stefan's always the guy that's like, no, the, the people love this. No, this I, is why they come I, here. I start We're the show off the rails. I start the show off with something off the rails, and then we go on. No, Stefan, you're always the one preaching. That's what, no, everyone, it's going to be fine. I'm like, no, Stefan, we got to <laughs> we gotta stick to the format. Look at your show notes. Let's move on. We, I don't want a two-hour show. We're already over two hours and ten minutes on this one. I'm, uh, I'm like, fine, we didn't do a bunch of episodes last month because we're all busy. So I'm like, just letting it go. And you're like, oh, gosh, settle down. It's it's okay. We're not always this way unless I do it. Ty- Tyler, Tyler, I don't know. Something's happened to Johnny in his absence. I don't know what's wrong. Johnny, you just weren't paying attention. There was plenty of foreshadowing about <laughs> turn, and the ending was perfect. It's exactly what they meant to do the whole time. You know... DB wise, mm, no. Let's not never talk about Game of Thrones again. Wait, was Tyler just making it? Was that an impersonation of yourself? No, Johnny knew no, exactly that was what not I was a talking pl- about. Oh. I was talking about Game of Thrones apologists. Yeah, he was being <laughs> the internet that was like, no, that was how it was. That's exactly as GRM said it was going to be. You know, they got they took their marching orders from him, and this it's like the, it makes perfect sense. I see. Okay. Yeah, all those mouth breathers, they're not right. Also, everybody go ask Alexa what she thought about the last episode of Game of Thrones. It's funny. That's something I want to go do now. <laughs> but I'm not going to do it on the podcast. I was going to okay. say, I have one uh, in the room right now. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Hey, Alexa, shut off the lights. I hope that worked for anybody. <laughs> you're trying to do that to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Anything else that you're playing or just did you waste time playing Borderlands? Uh, no, I already talked about it last episode. I've just been playing Borderlands. It's it's for one of these game teasy game clubs. Now there's two of them and one of them has modern games sometimes. So maybe I'll be playing some more modern games and then complaining say, about them on the collector's quest. Borderlands 2 was such a better game. I don't, I don't know why you would do that. So, all right. Um, let's see. It's been a while. Uh, what did I buy? I guess I bought some stuff. I'm assuming I bought some stuff. Yeah, I bought stuff. Uh, since last I was on, I bought a weird lot of Nintendo prototypes and stuff. I bought a bunch of weird stuff. Oh, yeah, I it totally looks, forgot about this. Oh, yeah. It, it looks like a pile of garbage all collected together. It's just like, it's memory cards full of like some data from games, like save data, lots of stuff I can't get through because it's encrypted. I got some prototypes. I got 
Super Nintendo prototypes. I got a bunch of DS protos. I have just property of Nintendo stuff. Just a pile of Nintendo garbage. That's what I have. Yeah, and and when, so when that was like the big thing about when it. he says garbage. So Johnny shows up at my door on my doorstep with a box <laughs> of this shit, and and we're going through it. And like this stuff was really like it was it was what like from a like a recycler dude, right? Like an e waste guy. And uh, and so one of the <laughs> when he says garbage, there was a there was a surgical rubber glove. I shit you not, a surgical rubber glove in in this box that was just like full of memory cards. I was like, what is going on right now? <laughs> it was the weirdest shit I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, but it had a lot of good stuff in there, it I did. guess. Yeah, it's like I've got SD cards. I've got compact flashcards full of data. I've got like videos, uh, like kiosk videos. I've got uh, like some Switch demo unit information. It's just a bunch of weird stuff. I've got some memory card. Like um, to be clear, like sticks. dozens of compact flashcards. This isn't like a oh, small hundreds. lot. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like insane. Hundred, yeah, like yeah, over a yeah. hundred. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can see the picture. I've I've got this box, this Tupperware that's probably a foot by like eight inches tall and by eight inches wide, and just jam packed full of this stuff. Yeah. But the the king of the lot was the two protos. I also got some like N sixty four games and Nintendo games out of the lot that you know I just. Gave people good deals on. There's some of it still left, like, because I didn't really care about that stuff. It was just throwing stuff. I don't. So, so wait, where did this come from? Was this from an e-waste guy, or did this come from yep. like someone at Nintendo kind of thing? No, it was like all e-wasted by Nintendo, and some guy picked it up. Oh, he so had he so much had, like, stuff. It was for it, and he's like, "This is probably something." Yeah, like I, there was a bunch of controllers and dev units, and I tried to get back in touch with him, and he hasn't reached back. But there was like some dev unit controllers I wanted to try and go get, but. Uh, he's got like a bunch of stuff. Like there's just a guy with a bunch of weird stuff. You can tell this kind of like some side gig he does, and his garage was full of stuff. He was a nice guy. Like, uh, you know, I paid him uh, a sum of money that wasn't horrendous, but wasn't small either, to get this stuff just just to see what it was. I don't own stuff like this. I don't. Uh, Stefan knows, and Tyler, I think you know, I don't really value stuff like this as yeah, much as other people do. Yeah, that's why it was so weirded out that you bought this. I'm like, what is happening to Johnny? Yeah. Yeah, it was just an opportunistic moment. So I was just like, yeah, that would be cool to just go pick up. But, like, Stefan, if you still want to make a video on those stuff, I can, like, uh, bring the, the protos over to you. Yeah, sure. um, Yeah, it's so I got a Kirby game that wasn't released here in America in, like, a Nintendo Car, uh, in the Super Nintendo cart, um, and I got Tetris Attack, which was Paddle Depon in Japan before they actually changed it over to Tetris Attack. So uh, that's that's what's going on. I've, I've had some people make some offers, most of them pretty low. Like some guy was like, "I'll give you 150 for both." And I was like, "You know, I think I'm going to hold off on that." So I don't think you offer 150 on Protos. Yeah, no, Especially, like 75 each. I, on on first party Nintendo stuff, mm. yeah, right. Mm. Well, although uh. speaking of the current state of gaming, uh, prototypes definitely something that is not did not do very well on heritage auctions. People just don't care. Oh, they don't care about that stuff yet. Although it's funny well, in the description, I don't know who writes the descriptions, whether it's Heritage or Wada, but they say like prototypes are the original art of video games. It's like, well, original art is the original art <laughs> of video games, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go talk to Bronnie about that one. Oh, I have this original art. Ooh, original art is the art of uh, original art. 
of Nintendo games. Mm-hmm. So how would you? <laughs> Just I mean, in- I understand they're trying to draw some parallels so you understand what it is. Just in case uh, anyone listening is looking for a host that they can still relate to because they don't, like, make these weird outside deals buying, like, internal Nintendo stuff, uh, I still pretty much buy carts and some boxed games. Uh, So I'm I'm still a normal collector guy here. I also bought Rampage. Yeah, I bought Rampage for the PlayStation. I bought, you know, stuff like that. Rampage through time is what I bought. Yeah, I'm the only one. I bought that Ninja Gaiden. Got a Legendary Act 2 box? Oh, you I got that with Ninja Gun. You just bought that? I thought you pulled that off the shelf. Awesome. Nope. I, I bought it because after we... I'd played it before, and I was like, you know what? I think I would like that in my collection. So I decided to go buy it. But I gave it two weeks after the episode... Or a week after the episode to give anyone else a chance to buy it because we do that sometimes. I was like, I'll just leave this one there if someone wants it. If they don't take it in a week, then I'll buy it. That's I waited a week and then bought it because I'm like that. That sweet Odyssey 2 lot is still up there. Uh, someone, someone bought was... the cheapest copy of Quest for the Rings within like three hours of the show going up. I got my <laughs> nice. eye on you. I know you're listening. It's only like 25 bucks. It's probably a pretty good deal. Nice. Oh, yeah. Last last correction from last episode. I do not hate Quest for the Rings. I like Quest for the Rings. I think it's interesting. It's the only Odyssey 2 game I own because I thought it was very cool. I don't remember us saying you hate Quest for the Rings. We probably said you hate Odyssey 2, but... Oh, yeah, you said I hate both. You both multiple times insinuated how much I hate the Odyssey 2. I don't really hate it. I I would have to care about it to hate, a, hate it. All right, oh, Johnny, I, since, since this show is running long, I think we should put our Odyssey 2 corrections in here. Should, should, yeah, should go, we, so go ahead. So, friend yeah. of the show on Instagram, we're going to drop more names here. VG Collectaholic. Uh, cor- also has his own podcast. Also, Check it out. I don't remember the name of it. I'll, I'll edit it in here. It's the Masters of Unlocking podcast. One is an author and game lover. One is a recovering collector and game store owner. And they're here to delve into the business, economics, and psychology of video games. Um, so we mentioned that there was a variant. I had a variant of the Cryptologic Multicart. Uh, one was published by Magnavox. One was published by North American Philips Electronics. And so uh, there's actually 27 of those games when Philips uh, Philips absorbed Magnavox in late 1981, early 1982, and then all the older Odyssey 2 games were published under North American Philips, and most of those are much harder to find than the Magnavox variants, and there's 27 of them. And honestly, I've never seen anyone ever care about them, except for VG Collectaholic, who owns all of them, and says it was hard to find. And another fun fact, Quest for the Rings is the only uh, master strategy game that has both a Magnavox and a Philips variant. Oh, I wonder which one I have. Yeah, there's our errata for the episode. So now if people are like piecemeal picking episodes, they won't actually get all the information. They have to listen to all of them. And Tyler, you told me to go off and and fight with him about uh, seals on Odyssey 2, and I did, and we are currently talking about it. So So. so you are trying to determine whether games actually may have come from the distributor scotch-taped. Yeah, correct. And uh, yes, because he was like, well, I've, you know, I, I... have you know i've never seen them sealed and such and such a thing and i'm like well here's a box of them and then that was pause for thought so we are currently, currently okay debating. so all right send it to vga yeah. and they will 100 percent confirm it there you go there you go that was a joke. all right so um yeah moving us on because stefan hates us talking <laughs> i also played some video games guys i did it i played like 
a couple hours of video games. Are you impressed? Do you want a high five? I'm impressed. I mean, I played City of Heroes, guys. It's nice. back, kind of. So I've been playing that. If someone wants to join me, I'm on, I think, Indomitable. So join me on that server, and uh, you can find me. Just send me a message on Instagram, and I'll tell you where I am. We can we can play some City of Heroes together in like 30 minute bursts that I have in which to play City of Heroes, which is not enough time. I also played some Bloodstained Ritual of Night. Um, or Curse of the Moon, whichever one version. I did Ritual of Night, then Curse of the Moon. And, um, yeah, that's what's going on. That's what I played. Do you like, uh, you like Bloodstained? Yeah, I'm almost done. I think I'm, like, on the last level. But I had to go to bed last night or be sad when I woke up at uh, 5.30. Well, if or it no, was an was authentic NES game, you would start over from the beginning and get good at the game, Johnny. Uh, well, I haven't died, so I wouldn't know what that's about. Yeah, the game, it really, it's too easy on the default difficulty level. Yeah, it, it's not super hard. But that's fine. I'm okay with it not being super hard. I don't need, I don't need to be punished. I just want to play a game. Yeah, I That's it. That's I, fine. I found it very jarring because it imitates Castlevania 3 so well, and then it's like, oh, man, Castlevania 3 is like one of the hardest games I've ever played, and this is definitely not. Yeah. But, oh, man, I love the opening on the train. Like, that was so cool. I was like, oh, man, I just got all the feels for the castlevania games again i do love castlevania it is a cool looking game Uh, yeah it was very it's very well done i'm excited to play more of it and uh yeah that that's it also that castlevania collection came out i think i'm gonna pick that up but i'm I'm also curious if they're ever gonna release a physical so i don't know what to do there on the castlevania collection you guys seen this i waited like two years for golf story and it happened so follow your yeah. dreams, but they're only like twenty well, bucks. Like they're yeah. really reasonable. And Shadowgate, the revised Shadowgate is out on the Switch right now, which I've been longing to play. So I'm gonna try and do that this weekend too. Revised Shadowgate. I don't even know what you're talking about yeah. anymore. There's like a a new Shadowgate, like they re- a remaster of Shadowgate. Is this like 3D? I'm like trying to look at this. I don't keep up on like Switch news anymore. I'm so checked out. Oh, this was, I think this wasn't, I think this was originally like on PC. Oh, like a few oh years yeah, this ago. was a while ago. Jesus. Okay. Yeah, but it's on the Switch. And I'm like, oh, cool. I think I'm going to pick that up and play it because I meant to and forgot about it. And then it was right there. Cool. So I put it on my wish list. I've only played Shadowgate on the Game Boy Color. So going to the NES version would be like the remastered version for me. Well, that's a mistake. All right. <laughs> it's a great version. Uh, guys, <laughs> yeah. Anything else before we go on our this. Mammoth episode of, <laughs> of sadness. <laughs> Again, uh, Pirates of Dark Water rules on Facebook. If you want to yeah. get sad, <laughs> that that's not a real Facebook group. If that saves anybody the five no. minutes that I took, incorrect. What? Incorrect. It is it a is. real Facebook it is group. A real Facebook okay, group. so on the episode you said it was spelled with two Z's. I'm positive that's wrong now, but I still didn't find it. It no rules is spelled just uh, the treasures of rule. Oh rule is spelled R U L E. It's so Pirates of Dark Water rules. R-U-L-E-S. Okay, it has one Z. <laughs> uh, or, <laughs> Did you spell with a Z? Did I? Uh, yes, I it is remember. spelled with a Z. Um, <laughs> there's one post by Johnny, and it says a public place to be sad about Pirates of Dark Water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've requested. Uh, I've requested access. Johnny has to admit uh, me. Yeah, we'll have to. The admin team will have to uh, review your application and get back to you. I hear the admin team is changing right now, so it might take a while. <laughs> yeah, well, it was sold to Go Collect, so. <laughs> 
Sorry. <laughs> One person has viewed this post. Stephanie. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. Someone asked me, like, I told them to go join our group on Instagram. They're like, is that a real thing? I was like, oh, yeah, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, feel free to join us there. Thank you for listening. Guys, where can we find you? <laughs> Tyler? Uh, you can find me at Default Gen on Nintendo Age. Still a great place to hang out. Or Instagram, the place you actually find information out about video games now because forums don't exist anymore. And, uh, you know, GameTZ, YouTube. Default, Default Gym? You know, mm-hmm. Default J-E-N has more views than your Pirates of Darkwater Facebook group does. <laughs> I also created that, so... Um, you default Jen was actually tagged in a post not so long ago. <laughs> so you know, um, Stefan, where can we find you? Uh, all the same places Tyler is, except not Game TZ because who goes there? Uh, Seriously, so talking oh, about dying for <laughs> Instagram, YouTube, uh, Nintendo Age as Archon nineteen eighty one A R C H O N nineteen eighty one. And a slight cor- correction to what Tyler said: you can also find him on DigiPress. Yeah. <laughs> find me on Digipress and uh, Classic Games for You can find me on Instagram and um, maybe lurking in the dark corners of Sega Age once in a while and occasionally looking at Nintendo Age going, I can't deal with this place. Um, that's Johnny underscore Iucci, J-O-H-N-N-Y underscore I-U-C-C-I. We tell you this at the end of the show because all those podcasts that list all their credentials and all that stuff beforehand, that's super annoying. Stop doing that. Blech. I don't need self-promotion at the beginning. Save it for the end when people don't give a There you go. That's all we got. Uh, You know, two and a half hours later, that's all we have. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye! Did you enjoy my bye when you weren't here? I did.